Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome back to another episode of HLTV Confirmed. We got rid of Banks. We didn't get rid of him. He's busy. So I guess the kids are running amok here in the house. Uh, I tried to get uh, XXX Hoshi on as a guest. Unfortunately, I uh, couldn't get a hold of him in time. Uh, so you're stuck with the three of us this evening as we're going to delve into some interesting topics. We obviously have Striker and we have Prof here, the usual crew. And uh, look... Listen, guys, uh, should we get this one out of the way quickly so people can can sync it up and tune it in and we'll wait till the game goes live? But tonight, what we're going to do is, because IP vs. Phase games on, 95% of you are watching that. What I would like you to do is uh, load up the YouTube stream for it, gaming.youtube.com slash face it, and we're going to sync it up. We're going to watch the game while we talk. Anyway, hello. Congratulations. You're both alive. Um, yeah. So far. I mean, we'll see about in about an hour if I... I'm still in that state, but... Uh, I think so we can't really sync it up yet since the game isn't live. So exactly. Like, what what can we sync it up? Like if yeah, we'll just, wait, let's, just wait, let's just wait until it goes live. Yeah. Piss around and we'll get going from there. So we, we are encouraging the members of chat to come along with us because we'll be reacting and talking about the game as it happens. So uh, I don't know if anybody follows uh, Joe Rogan podcast, but we're going to do it in a similar two-way uh, fight companion type situation. But... We have the breaking news. DJ, hit that funky tune. Oh, oh hold up. I've really <laughs> thrown the producer under the bus here. Uh, here it comes. Drop it. That's what we needed. It puts everyone in the, in the mood for some news. And the news right now that's come on out from DK, a source that is reliable or unreliable, it really depends on the way you look at it, has said that there are murmurs of Sunny going to Ents. Now, we discussed this previously when we talked about Ents' run. Let's start with Prof. Any validity to this, in your opinion? I think think it could be, even though, like, both sides, both Sunny and Ents have, meanwhile, come out to, to, to say that nothing... I mean, Sunny didn't say anything. He just kind of implied <laughs> that nothing is going on with, like, a what-the-fuck-is-going-on tweet. And then Ents' CEO or some, someone higher up in Ents said, like, we're not discussing any players going anywhere. So there is, of course, but we, a we've shadow heard that doubt before. <laughs> we've heard that before. Yeah. So that's the, that, I mean, could just be them blowing up smoke up our asses, right? But it, at this point, it seems like it's a possibility at least, right? <clears throat> yeah. Smoke yeah. out of their asses, fire out of their asses. We'll have a lot of that in the show today. The, the <laughs> thing is here, in, in my opinion, it doesn't even really matter if they change player or not because now... If they go into the next tournament and they underperform, it's going to be, well, they should have got Sunny. Or if they go into the tournament with Sunny instead of someone else and they underperform, it's going to be, well, they should have stuck with the roster that came second in the major. No matter what happens with Ents right now, unless they perform again with the current team that they have to a very high standard, there's going to be a negative stigma around them, right? That's going to exist regardless, uh, purely because a lot of people are looking at what they did at the major run and saying it's not going to be uh, able to replicate that. And we spoke about this previously in that form. I think that... The murmurs around Sunny going to Cloud9. If Cloud9 are unable to work out a buyout with uh, Mouse Sports, then I don't think Ents have the same bankroll as what Cloud9 do to be able to purchase a player like that. So for whatever reason, that may or may not be happening. Obviously, we don't have uh, the inside information ourselves. But I think that for Sunny, it would be a shame for him to have to sit out a period of time without competing. Uh, and I think eventually he probably will want to go back to Ents, and eventually Ents will have roster changes. That's just the way the cookie's going to crumble. I just think in this current juncture, there's a lot of moving parts going on right now and a lot of different things that could unfold. So I, I don't know. Do you guys see... If you guys had to hedge on this, if you had to, you know, say, like, give it a percentage of what chance it is that he would go to Ents, 
in the next couple of weeks or even maybe I'll, I'll give it as long as the next month. Do you think it's what, how, how possible do you think it is with a percentage? How possible the move is? Yeah. 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 Uh, just because of the financial situation, I'm just going to give it like maybe like 20% at best. I feel like it might, might be like, they might be discussing like a potential, like whatever um, the potential price of, of the move, but I feel like it will still probably be, over the top for for an organization like Ant, so I'd, I'd give it like a solid twenty, yeah. Twenty yeah, percent. Yeah, that's that's also kind of okay. where I would put it, somewhere in that range. Just would because... you say more spins or what? Look, I, I'd probably go fifty fifty. I think really? that uh, okay. yeah, because imagine this, right? You've got the pressure from the players. Some of the players in the team they might not get along. We yeah. don't know the social standing, right? But imagine if Alu is like, yo, I want Sunny, and then he convinces Lexi B, yo. We need we need Sunny, and then now you've got you know a, a good portion of the team wanting Sunny, and if there's a bit of I guess argy bargy in the ranks and people aren't getting along, then they're not going to have the results anyway. So now that this is just an underlying issue, how are you keeping the mentality of the team straight? That's why I'm saying fifty fifty. I think it, it's it's possible. Yeah, I mean, I think like as I said in the last episode, I think even though they finish second, if they can get Sunny, they should get Sunny, just because their ambition, Alo's ambition. And the young guys as well, they want to win and they want need to do everything in their power to win. And that is getting Sunny, getting the best finished player there is right now. I don't think you should really... I don't think there is really a... I mean, there's always a discussion, but in my mind, it's like a no-brainer to get Sunny if he is available. But I think the, the problem for me is what Stryker also said, is the financial financial side. Of course, I have no idea how ENDS functions, how much money they do have or don't, but this... If they can get someone that is, if they can get new sponsors, then it's now because they have like one of the best StarCraft players in the world, potentially the best at the at the moment. Their CS team went to the final of the major, like all of the mainstream Finnish like television is writing, not writing, uh, I don't know, broadcasting about them, obviously. So this is the greatest time for them to get more money and get a new sponsor, investment, whatever. And then they can obviously make a move like getting getting sunny so would that be knows? so fast though i'm not i'm not so sure i mean that's yeah. that's a fair point for sure like i i feel like it could happen like down the line especially if if uh, sunny does not end up on cloud nine and it seems like that just fell through right and you also have to ask yourself why that fell through was that just from was that because the negotiations between the organizations didn't really go um according to plan from cloud nine or whatever happened right that's the other thing that you kind of have to consider because if if cloud nine for example wanted sunny a little bit cheaper and mouse didn't want to budge then i don't see an organization like ends being able to top that right so that's that just is just like the main issue for me because it did by everything that we heard it did look like sunny was just like a set thing to go to cloud nine and suddenly that fell through that's a little bit suspicious to me Mm. I think that the, the Cloud9 situation is a curious one. I don't know if they even know what direction they want to go in right now. Yeah. Uh, so that's a, it's a wait and see type of moment. But I guess what we can do is uh, kind of blur the lines of the breaking news across to three. Well, it, it's more like two roster changes. The third one we'll get to later in the show. Uh, I'm going to just you know, speak them to the world and you guys can pick and, and, and choose where you want to go with this. We've always got Starvin joining Heroic on trial. And then we have uh, G2 announcing Amanek in replace of Body, and Body is playing the last tournament with G2 right the, now. The game is live. Oh, yeah, okay. The game is live. This is perfect. So, ladies and gentlemen, gaming.youtube.com/faceit. Load that one up. I'm going to pause it right now. I've paused it on one minute and two seconds. So let me know yeah, when so everyone's there. I'm there. Prof, you good? I'm in front of you. I'll just catch up in like five seconds. You're in front of me. 
Zero. I didn't get the pause in time. All right, ready? Here we go. Let's kick it off. Three, two, one, go. Here we go. So obviously we do have that ECF thing going on. We'll just talk quickly about G2, Amanek, and uh, Starvin to Heroic, those two little topics there. And then we'll actually move on to ECS conversation anyway. So yep. take this one away, Striker. Look, I'll start with Starvin because I feel like there's... I mean, the the caveat to that is that BlameF has apparently taken over leadership, which is a curious situation for me because he's just he's basically just entered the lineup he's entered as as like a, a clear star player right as as the boost in firepower and suddenly he goes over to the to the in-game, in-game leadership role which has basically allowed for this change right they, they were able to remove a Cillian and get Stavon instead the i just don't see why they didn't just revert to to Esatag calling because he did that before as he was like switching over to the op, he started calling as well. Then it just went back to Asilian as they got him. But um, he obviously has has some experience with that role, which I'm not sure how much Blamev has. So that's the that's the big problem for me, and that the the big question mark that we're gonna have to see going into it. But just generally, Stavan obviously is what like one of the uh, another one of those youngsters like in in a league with like Sergey in a league with Frozen. Those young guys. He's I think he's also 16. Um, yeah, or yeah, 17 now, I'm not sure. I think he's 16 still. So he's obviously in the long term, he's he's a, he's a good addition. And even in the short term, like we've seen him do really well at um, Valencia last year and a couple of other events. So I feel like he could grow into a really, really good player. At this point, I just feel like it, it could have like cause problems with the in-game leadership role though. Just uh, yeah. quickly to people in the chat before we go, people are saying that uh, ECS is now on Twitch as well. We're aware it's just easier to uh, sync it up on a platform like YouTube. So either, anyway, sorry, Prof, keep going. Yeah, I think it's uh, cool. On one hand, obviously the Fragsters team is now officially absolutely dead. It's not going to come back. X-Fragsters are now like three players with only two of those players actually playing in Fragsters last year. Refresh is an optic. Uh, Stavn is now Stone or whatever, however they Danes pronounce that, uh, is in heroic. And who's the third guy that that left the team? I can't remember now. Bubski. Modi. Oh uh, wait, Bubski. no, sorry, I was thinking about yeah. the wrong team. Yeah, Bubski. Bubski is just in no man's land. He took that break for personal reasons and health reasons, whatever. So that team kind of died, which is expected in a way. I guess they expected that they can find a new organization. The whole thing was that they kind of had a salary in Fragsters, but they weren't happy, so they wanted more. And then, of course, they couldn't find anyone to give them more and fell apart. So You're also yeah. thinking about Dragonfly, by the way. Dragonfly yeah. and Torben are the other right? two guys. Yeah they're, yeah, they're the two guys that are left there, kind of, yeah. in that in that team, which is kind of now a mixed team. They have some decent places like ESCA, MDL, and stuff like that, but I don't, that, that, I don't see that as a, as a team with a lot of future. But it is interesting that Stondon left his... His brother, yes. Dragonfly, Dragonfly's brother, right? So yep. they kind of split ways. That's kind of the big, big thing that a lot of people expected would never happen or whatever. I don't know. So I don't know. It's it's good good to see him have a chance to develop further. How that will impact the whole team with in-game leading and all of that. That's a whole different discussion that I don't know enough of that about those players to even speculate how, how it will go. Yeah, it, it feels I'm like there's just... a massive... Hmm? Yeah, I'm just a little bit worried that it will end up like with the players just having it having the role as a hot potato as we saw with with other teams before. 
even with heroic actually when they were just kind of like bouncing it around so that's that's my worry for for the next couple of months that like blame if will just suddenly realize oh he can't do it and then i don't know Esetag will probably step forward and say he can go back to it and god knows where that where that ends so that's that's my main worry yeah. I'm pretty sure that Blamef did call in, in Epsilon before. Did he? I'm, pretty I'm, sure I'm that curious he did. about that because I'm not e sure. Even still, even if he was in-game leading, I think that at this point, Heroic need to kind of find a trajectory, right? Because they've moved all these pieces of the puzzle around now. They got rid of Asilion, they got rid of Modi, they brought in all these different faces and names, and it's it's almost a completely different team to what we would have seen a, a year ago, right? So yeah. at this point, they're not a springboard for North, and they're not a springboard for Astralis definitely anymore. They need to kind of set their own standard here because... Uh, you, this sounds ridiculous, but nobody's getting into Astralis. The next person who goes to Astralis is probably Valde. There's no other like, and they're not, and they have no reason to change roster. Yeah. North seem pretty content with where they are right now. The fact that they're changing coaching staff, we know that there's definitely potential there within that roster. So now it's heroic, who uh, obviously optic as well, but they're in the same position. So it's kind of those two, which are the teams who are going to get all the new young talent. I'd be curious to see where that goes. But this isn't really new young talent, but we always have Amanek. Uh, who was in Misfits, part of the Devaduvek Amanek French invasion of the US. And uh, Amanek's actually the one that's been picked up for G2, which I, I think is is uh, is a curious a curious choice there. I would have actually gone for Devaduvek if it was uh, it was up to me. We were even talking about this like in the last episode, weren't we? Yeah. Just before this was, it wasn't like, we were that talking is, about That Devaduvek. is not going to happen. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we're like, but I mean, no, that, that wasn't about G2, that was about Vitality, though. I think you were talking about yeah, Vitality and what they could change. Vitality, yeah, yeah as one but of then, the players. then obviously Amonic went to G2, so it's still like your wish could still come true. But I, I mean, this one, I guess it's also going to be a little bit weird in roles just because Amonic, especially in Misfits, but I mean, even in LDLC, he was this kind of like free, very free player who was just like almost really willing to do anything or not willing to do anything. He was allowed to do anything he wanted, basically. He was very free roaming around the map just trying to find plays and stuff like that so to how that's going to fit with g2 who already have like two fairly individualistic players is is going to be interesting for sure yeah i think that uh at least from from my looking into to the games that i had seen them play even though the rating is higher on a player like amanek i just think that deva duvek is uh, is going to fit the role better but I guess it's just another wait and see. G2, they're still going to rely heavily on, on Shox and Kenny to be the fragging powerhouse while everybody else kind of acclimatizes to well, this level of counter-strike. Amonic could help with that for sure, though. Amonic yeah, was, 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 was always... Was mid-20s, always right? I'm sorry? He's like in his mid-20s right now, so he's not a he young player. Old, so yeah. He is pretty old like for, for uh, basically a rookie in the top tier scene. Um, but still, like in, in both of those teams that I was watching him like the most in, which is like Misfits and LDLC, he was like the the biggest fragging power of those teams quite by far, like consistently. So that's that's definitely going to be going to show in G2 as well. It's just that, like I said before, like with the roles, it's just going to be interesting whether he'll actually be allowed to do what he wants because we know G2 like to have like their system and don't really want other people to battle with it. So I'm just curious about that. All right, really, well, I mean, also mm -hmm. this, this change kind of came from the coach. That is what they at least wrote in the in the announcement which is implies that they're going down to down the astralis route of malik having the power over the over the whole roster and that like i don't think that the team actually wanted to cut body i think they were kind of happy with what they had oh we made like top 16 of the major we have a spot in the next one but then malik kind of came in and it's like okay we need to improve faster than this and we need someone new and the reason why we actually thought amanek wouldn't get a shot and either Vitality or G2. I mean, we didn't 
mention G2, but it's, it's the same thing, is that there were some rumors about him like socially not fitting into teams, being like something not being good about him, that people don't want to play with him. So does that then mean that kind of the French scene moved past that point of like the social stuff, or at least G2 now moved past that point that they're just going to get the best player, doesn't matter if maybe they don't like him as much? Or or how is it gonna is it gonna work well? Maybe it's not gonna work well because now shocks NES aren't gonna be feeling it. I'm not sure, but I think that's a interesting part about the whole thing and how that will develop further. Because yeah, on paper, as a player, I think he's the best player you could get by far. Well, I'm just saying, hopefully that it is a is a top down approach though, because we've seen the, you know the players make decisions on on the roster changes recently and how that's. Uh failed miserably hasn't it i think uh you could definitely say that smith's and existence coming into the roster yeah. really brought them nothing uh which which sucks to say but uh that, that that feels like that was the case so now i guess ocelot and co have gone with a new take maybe we'll you know look towards like we, we just spoke about the astralis of the world and, and see if they can mimic a similar style to that but uh right now if you are keeping up with the counter-strike we are on round number five phase versus nip uh i'm about one minute 40 into it so Sink, you sink yourself up. I haven't seen anything crazy happen just yet, but uh, NIP again. Nip has so. four frags combined. It's not ideal. Yeah. And they're getting they're getting picked apart in banana all the time as well. Like from from what I've just picked up. This could be our uh, segue right now into the ECS season seven. So what we're talking about here is the initial impressions of the format. And uh, if you guys missed it, basically what ECS have done is they have uh, five weeks of competition, but uh, the different cups, I guess, they're different bracket stages where uh, eight teams compete and the first place team from the first three weeks, they qualify for the finals in both the North American and the European region. So that's six squads. And then the last two weeks in each region, uh, you're playing for placing and points from, I believe it's points from over the, the three previous weeks and whoever has the most at the end of it qualifies as well. Yeah. So uh, that's how they're aiming to to get the slots filled for the ECS finals. I just wanted to get the hot take of you guys seeing this because I watched the opening games of this and it was good Counter-Strike. People were actually given a fuck. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, it's just different when, when you actually have something on the line. Like when, in the leagues, we had the problem of like what, what are individual games mean, right? Like you only get to experience like the impact of it at the end of the season where there, like some cert certain wins could have like a lot of impact on whether you actually go through to the land finals or not here it's basically every game counts like literally every game counts now it's the bullshit that we always the, not we but that is always said on the, uh, on the leagues that every game counts of course it does in the end but it's um, this is this just feels a lot more impactful no i, I watched the the phase versus pro game was best online cs of like the top tier online cs i've watched and i don't know how long like since since online leagues were actually actually mattered like the first was the fragbyte leagues and those leagues are when we didn't have when we had like five big lands a year that's the last time i felt like okay, okay this is kind of good this is exciting to watch you actually see them giving, i mean the the match was kind of weird and there were a lot of fails weird stuff going on the nico hard carrying but it was exciting to watch. You knew that this means something. It's not like, okay, they lost, they won, whatever. We'll see in three weeks if, if it matters or it doesn't matter. So I really, in, I'm enjoying watching this for now. We'll see how it develops. And especially the last two, two weeks are going to be interesting. Yeah, so right now, just for those of you who aren't aware, uh, you will be witnessing a, it's a semifinal matchup, if, I, if I'm reading things rightly, between NIP yes. and FaZe. And then the winner of that will go and play Astralis 
uh, within the, the the grand final of the first week. I think there's also prize money on the line, so depending on where you place, you earn a little bit of cash. So it's I don't think it's a huge amount, but I think it's just an incentive to have people uh, continue to come back. And then I'm hoping what happens is because it, it, look, someone can correct me. I've read a lot of things in my life, and I think I was reading that if you qualify, let's say Australia's qualify, they could still play next week if they want and just try yeah, and win yeah. the prize money. But yeah. I hope. I hope that they don't. And the reason I say I hope that they don't is not because I don't want to see them play more because I love watching Australia play Counter-Strike. I don't, even if FaZe win, it doesn't matter who wins. If Nip win, whatever, it doesn't, doesn't. My point is that I would like to see fresh teams come through every time. I don't think that, obviously, that the reason they don't want to exclude teams is because they still want them to have an opportunity to compete as much as they would like to, which is cool. But I hope that they don't because it's unnecessary. The thing that the players wanted to do was, you know, have less games played. This definitely allows that. If you qualify in the first week and you get through all those best of threes, you 2-0 them. That's not a lot of CS and you're qualified for the finals. You get to sit back, you get to rest. So hopefully we do see that transpire. Uh, I also think what's cool is it's forcing the players to take the environment that was slowly trickling off to not being serious at all and now use it as a proper practicing ground to, to give it, you know, they're probably not giving it 100%. You know, I'm not going to sit here and say they're giving an online game 100%. But they're probably giving the online game previously in a regular season game of Pro League or, or face it, uh, ECS, maybe what, like 60%? Yeah, now, you know, like 50, 60, yeah. Yeah, now I hope, you know, they're going to at least, you know, 80 plus. And that's going to mean we're going to get a better brand of CS. We're going to see more things being used. And everybody wins. ECS get a, a much better broadcast going on. They get uh, more viewers. The cast is going to be more involved, more hype for every game because everything means something. The storylines are better. This is just a win-win for everybody right now. And um, I think it's a really good initiative from Face It. So it's, uh, I guess we can wait to see how that one develops. Obviously, we can talk about the... If they call it the pinnacle, the pinnacle league or the pinnacle, it's the, the yeah, qualifier stage. That's the one. So there's even a qualifier stage for the qualifier. Um, and that's where Avangar, they managed to come through that. And they pushed, they had a stand-in. They did have Sanji playing uh, because Fitch was, was unable to, to get into the I mean, match. They've, they've had that for a while now. Sanji yes. playing? Yeah, yes. they've had they've had it for like a week or something. Maybe a little bit more even. Interesting. Yeah, he played like a bad cup and some other online stuff as Definitely well. Definitely seems so. like more than just like a temporary thing. Yeah. Okay, well, that would be some interesting news if that was to come on out because I think this avant-garde roster is very exciting to watch. And it's not that I think Fitch is a liability. When we highlight him on analyst desks, you see him having very important multi-kills. But Sanji seemed like he fit in like a glove. I didn't... I didn't feel like they were hampered at all with his addition. I didn't check the stats after to see if he was anchoring. He was the in-game leader, by the way. So that could also... He was the in-game leader in, in Simon, as, as, as far as I remember. So I hope okay. I'm not wrong uh, in this. But I'm quite sure that I... From talking to um, Torik. Well, Avangar's roster on HLTV.org right now... Has, does have Sanji, right? Have Sanji in it. Hasn't been any official I, news coming no, out, right? There was, there was only, it was only said that, that Fitch was going to take a break or something and then like, take some rest. But I... Nothing was really said about Sanji or anything like just that. Just a sly move. Yeah. It's pretty I'm not, cool. I'm not sure why we changed the roster. Yeah, Sanji is the in-game leader. That's I mean, not what we usually do. Yeah, that's true. I mean, depends on depends on whatever. I don't know. Someone is getting fired again. We'll investigate it. It's <laughs> yeah. not the end of the world. But Sanji, yes. Sanji is, was the in-game leader in Simon, though. So that's, that's one thing that could oh. be also taken into consideration. Maybe he's taking over. Maybe they just wanted to get an, in, an actual in-game leader instead of uh, having Jame kind of like... Be it like both the, the star player and the, the in game leader at the same time. They already had it again, like a hot potato with uh, with uh, with Kickert. They were just uh, throwing it between each other as well. So that's that just could be like their main motivation that they actually wanted to get some some decent in game leader. Wouldn't be a bad a bad shout at all. Um, just before I, uh oh, something's happening on my laptop. 
Never mind. It's uh, right. While while you have this break, we can give a shout out to Antelope Guy, our subscriber on on Twitch. Perhaps the first one ever. Uh, <laughs> we're not. We can't confirm, but it's I think we had. Stuff. I think we had one before, but it's like maybe one over the past twenty episodes. Oh, that was but, Martin. Yeah. Okay. With the ECS uh, uh, conversation, is there anything else that we want to want to talk about I, with that? I, I think maybe just that. yep. A lot of a lot of things just about avant-garde just touching on that like every time i talk to like kicker it's like okay you're the in-game leader it's like no 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 now james calling james, again. Yeah. And, and then i go up next time okay so james the in-game leader. no no i'm calling again uh, we had a talk with our coach he said kicker you call i'm like okay and every fucking tournament i talk to him it's someone else yeah. so that's, he even that's said to me really that weird... at the minor i think at the cs back every, at the CS minor. every time it's every just time. like we change leaders uh, all the time. Other than that, we saw uh, from the Pinnacle Cup 4s, actually, the Russian team finished first, tied first with Valiance. But Valiance went to the WSG, so they had to skip their chance to kind of play this cup. And then Avangar came in instead of them, because Avangar is also from the, from the Pinnacle Cup. And Virtus yep. Pro was the rele- relegation team. Mm-hmm. I think they were like 9th or 10th. So the key teams skipped, the, skipped this uh, opportunity to play the first one. I can't really, off the top of my head, see who it was. It was Fnatic uh, and a couple of other teams that skipped the first cup. Isn't so, LDLC I, in there? LDLC is, and they, they played it. Oh, never mind. But so, some, some other teams also skipped it. So that's Look, that's I, I don't blame them for skipping it with Astralis playing in the opening one. Let Astralis have yeah. it. Avoid, avoid the heartbreak. Save yourself a couple of best of threes, and then after that, get stuck in. But the fact that only three teams make direct qualifiers is is uh, quite important because you think who's going to step up to the plate of the next one? Navi had that whole post about uh, they they were unable to play scheduling issues or whatever. We we don't know obviously the extent of, of of all that stuff. But they're another team who you know might be able to come in and get themselves a qualification spot through this. So see how it all oh, unfolds. It's Mouseports. Optic, that's also in China, and uh, who did I say? And Fnatic, also in China. That skipped the first cup. Well, that Mousesports roster should probably be announced very shortly, one would assume. Probably. They're obviously practicing together. We have that news coming through. Uh, Lucas, our producer, was able to link the prize money breakdown. So the cup for first place is 12k, and uh, second is 5k. So that's a little chunk of change there. I mean, it's not gonna it's not gonna make a difference to the top teams. But if if some of the like the, the lower tier teams, especially down the line, like towards the end, where not all of the top teams are there, and when they've already made it through, basically, like for those teams, it's it's gonna make some difference actually. Especially if they go for, go far, because twelve thousand, it's not bad. Yeah, it's a it's a nice little bit of money there. Oh, do you have anything else, Prof? Or you you happy? You wanted I to think, talk about I liquid, didn't you? Uh, oh yeah, we oh, had the NA, sucked, NA portion right? because yeah. we only looked at the. EU bracket now, but yeah, Liquid got upset in the first round of the qualifier, which is kind of, we expected them to go to go get the first, just like we expect in, in Europe, Astralis to go to go. The NA one doesn't look that hot, especially with Cloud9 skipping, I think, because they still didn't figure out their roster and MIBR being in China, you see like Liquid, this must be a win for them, but they go and play Rogue. It's currently, I think, 90th in the world because they didn't play in a long time. They, their ranking just fell fell hard and of course msl tweeted about it but I, I think it's like a fair way he just said it's kind of unfair to sometimes to invite uh, invite based on uh hltv rankings considering half of the teams didn't play anything and the teams that did play played like mdl or like some low low tier leagues that nor uh, like uh, rogue aren't playing at the moment and people shit on him as they always do 
even when he's completely fair with some criticism. But yeah, his team just beat Liquid, and they are through to the semifinals. I think even the, further, the, the grand final, the grand final, luminosity. they in the it, they beat luminosity too. So it's NRG, right? The final. Energy, yeah, uh, not, yet. Today. not yet. Energy I complexity think. is the semi that's going to be. Ah, yeah, that's I got ahead of myself, didn't I? But uh, that one there will be an interesting one. I think Tarek's addition to that NRG team is going to be quite nice. I think it should. I think it should work out. Um, with the comment that the MSL made about uh, with the HL TV or rankings, I, I question at some point. Obviously, not his logic because that that's fine. But there's so many Counter Strike teams out there. You have to use something as a benchmark, right? And at some point, lines have to be drawn. If you did qualifiers for every single portion of every single tournament that happened year-round, you would never actually get to the main tournament, right? And this is why people are talking about, like, oh, different, like, I remember somebody was complaining around the time of the minors, and they weren't happy that, you know, you could get through with uh, the best of ones, right? It was two best of ones, and you could be through from the winner the winner portion, but uh, with the best of one situation, that was on the last chance qualifier. You get through with two best of ones. That's how win strike got through. They won the two beer ones and yeah. they were through. But the thing is, you can only put so many gateways and you can only have so many selection processes. Of, uh, things are going to be missed. People are going to slip through the gaps. And there's always plenty of opportunities. There's always next week. And I know that sounds uh, like a, you know, a bad way to look at it. But in Counter-Strike, when you have so many tournaments and so many different leagues and, and abilities to compete, you're always going to find a way. And if you're a good team and you get it to one of these tournaments, that's where you have to make your mark. That's where you need to go, okay, we need a top two placing or we need to cause an upset. It's not just about... You can't have parity everywhere. It doesn't work like that. I feel that people need to understand that for the longest time, VP, even though they were on the rocks, kept getting invited to tournaments. Why the fuck do you think that was? It's because they have a massive fan base. And it sucks that the world works that way, but that's how money is made. And that is what makes the world go round. And unfortunately, people need to make money. That's just it, right? So uh, to have tournament organizers, to have different events, looking to have the higher brand name teams you know, coming into the tournaments off notoriety or off placings in a, in the rankings like HTV.org, somewhere along the lines, you kind of have to just say, okay, well, you know, we can't have qualifiers for everything. People just need to, to be able to, to accept that because that's just life sometimes. Yeah. I 100% agree with all, of, <laughs> agree. all of what has been I said. Think, I think there are some like outliers where you can see, clearly see that some teams are, if, if you just take some time to look at it, You'll see that you're gonna invite a like a NA mixed team that played like five maps in a open qualifier, and because of that, they're ranked higher than some team that has like ECS spot, EPL spot. At that at that point, you should realize this team in EPL is probably better, has more brand value, has better names, better players. Then you don't have to blindly follow the HLT rankings. Of course, you think it's not up of to course. date, but I think people just feel. They're giving away the responsibility to someone else, and that's what tournament organizers and people in general like to do. It's like, oh, it's not our fault. This is the HLT arrangement. Sure. We're following this. We didn't do any decisions on ourselves. This is completely objective, and you can't say anything. And it's like, okay, but like you aren't paying us to do that. You're just do using something that's out there for free. So it's not our responsibility to ensure you have the best possible teams in your tournament. Everybody likes a scapegoat, right? I think if you yeah. looked at the rankings right now of just the top 30, and I, I said Sprout, do you think Sprout are better than MSL's team Rogue? And I would say no, I don't think Sprout are better than, than Rogue at all, and they're ranked 27th in the world. So obviously there's lots of different things that come into consideration, and you're right. People should use the rankings, I think, as, as a benchmark, but don't put the onus, don't use to put the responsibility on, on HLTV.org. Use a little bit of judgment, 
And you're always going to upset somebody. That's the thing with the internet. That's the thing with the world. You're always going to upset somebody, no matter you know how political you try and be about it, no matter how many Cloud9 fans you rage at. It doesn't even matter because you're going to upset somebody at the end of the day, and some people are going to be happy. So uh, there's no point fence-sitting. There's no point doing anything like that. Let's make some decisions. Let's get our balls in our hands, and let's just fucking get on out there as we move forward to talking about WESG so far. Just, so, to, just mm-hmm. to close out on that, right? One thing that MSL could also look at is he decided to go to NA, right? Where there's um, obviously smaller competition, worse competition, and and less tournaments because there's just not that not that many good teams there. So that's that's another thing you have to look at. Like if like you've chosen to 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 play fewer fewer things and against lesser lesser opposition. So also another thing. Sure, that is a, okay. a valid point. There is a, obviously a lower, I guess. I know there's 330 million people in the United States, but the level of uh, competitive play is not the same as in Europe. So moving with WSG, we can start talking about how uncompetitive this tournament has been thus far. Uh, The group stage... Well, the group stage has been like fairly okay. Yeah, the best of twos didn't cause too many issues. The only one who might feel a little bit robbed would be Imperial, who went out in a tiebreaker situation with uh, Panda Gaming by one round. That kind of sucks a little bit for them. Uh, the fact that the groups weren't really seated correctly and some groups only had two teams uh, or one group only had two teams and some groups only had three was uh, was pretty ridiculous. Um, By the all way, in all, well, mm-hmm. sorry, continue. We'll get to that. I was just going to say that the group stage itself didn't really offer up too many surprises to me other than the fact that Valiants are playing uh, considerably better than I thought. Um, With their it makes. Yeah, it makes sense uh, in a way. But the other point as well is Fnatic seem to be underperforming. Yep. As FaZe have won the first half 13-2. to two. NIP are getting Yeah, shrecked. this is literally nothing nothing going on. That's just yep. a brutal That's game. A... It's like they barely even have any chance. Like I've seen like some of these 1v2s. Like I thought Draken was going to maybe have a chance in that 1v2 from Balcony. But like this is not a game that's, that's very Every, competitive. Everyone on single digits. yeah. yeah. Just, just getting destroyed. I was just looking to how, like, what's how they're gonna move around because obviously, like, with Draken coming in, they have an op, actual op, not like the situation they had before, where everybody was changing it. But there's nothing to see really so far. They just haven't had haven't had a realistic chance. Uh, what Touching are we talking about? Yeah. We're talking WSG. about Valiant. Yeah, Valiant yeah. fucked up my bet. But you can talk. You talk about <laughs> Fnatic. Talk, you Look. The, you were you were saying how how there are some groups with three teams, right? And Fnatic were in one of them, and they still had trouble advancing. By the way, they tied both teams. They tied both Wendigo and Movistar. So it's like, yeah, I thought. Look, my reasoning back last week, right when my when I made the bet. Um, by the way, I won both bets just because Fnatic won the first map of both both of those best of two series. So I actually I, I technically won the bet, even though my reasoning was completely like awful. Because I thought there's no way it's, it was going to happen to them twice. Classic predictions. Yeah, exactly. Like that's that's pretty much what happens. And they didn't even look that convincing against Russia. Those were a couple of pretty close games, and they had to come back on Dust Two from a pretty bad T side as well. So it's like, I, I don't know what what's happening with with Fnatic. I'm still I'm still just baffled about how how they're playing, how they're managing managing to. To lose some to some of these teams that they should just be beating straight out. Let me let me quickly just pose a hypothetical to the both of you. If you're fanatic in this scenario, and let's say that they did go out either in the first round against Russia or they didn't even progress through that group stage, do you think yep. that they make roster changes? I nah, 
I think like based on what I, what we've heard from them, I would say no. They should. They probably should, but I I would say they wouldn't. Just because I feel like there's no there's no bad blood between them. I think they just like feel like they fuck up as a team. So that's that's my feeling about it. I just don't think they would they actually would make a change. I think they'll also play it off like this is a shit tournament, bad monitors, whatever people are complaining about now nowadays for this WSG event. I think the only excuse is like bad monitors this time. Everything else seems to be working kind of okay. So. Yeah. Whatever. I think that that's what what they would play it off, and also the difference between like them and someone like G two or someone like Astralis is that they don't have a strong coach who's gonna be dictating the the roster. No one's gonna be from them coming and saying, "Okay, this can't work. Like, exist. You're out. JW, you're out, or whatever." That but also, happen. who, who I do feel you like get? Who do you get? You don't really have like at this point. You get not. We didn't from existence yeah, like and yeah. you get golden from cloud nine to in game with the team i know you, yeah, a lot of people I mean, aren't sold on golden but uh, still yeah. name me a better in-game leader from sweden right now and don't hampus, dare say hampus fucking can hampus <laughs> hampus can get a shot it's like the same sh- uh, but the thing is like they've given, given shots they've given shots to some people and like this okay this lineup is not that bad like overall like we thought this was going to work but twist hasn't really been delivering that much roland has actually been like Almost surprisingly good to me, because I felt I thought he was just going to be like kind of somewhat inconsistent. He was just going to be like that typical inexperienced player yeah. who just like has his games, but you know, it still needs to get that consistency. Because he wasn't that great on Red Reserve previously either. So I felt like there's no way he was he was going to carry Fnatic, and he's actually been like their second to third best player basically after Grims. So it's like that's 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 a positive to surprise to me. But just generally, like they're Sweden, Sweden's like attempts of like tapping into the lower tier and tapping into like the sum the sub top has not worked out really well mostly because they just did it way too late and they they didn't really bring up some of these players and now they're doing it when when it's already kind of too late but that's the problem like they've they've tried these some of these players before and it hasn't been working out so like do you continue with that or you do just like lock your heels in and just like figure figure out how to work with this team without making more lineup changes and just creating more chaos they should have never let Golden go in the first place. I think that was such a big mistake right there. But regardless of that, Ooh. was there any Dren other... just touched uh, 1v2 with a pretty nice play. Here, we're going we well, to replay. Makes, makes this... Make this is any... Oh, there we go. Yeah, I didn't see that either. The, the flick on Rez is pretty sick. I think on, now Rez on the other guy. But we didn't get it. Uh, they, they, they didn't. Not to it on, That's course. okay. It's hard to catch all the POVs. It's not easy. Let me tell you, production's not a fun place to be. Oh, he I just mean, didn't have time. I mean, they him. probably wanted to see like the other other side, like what happened on the other side, because you were probably watching the game if you're looking at the replay. Yeah. From the group stages, was there any other bigger missions for me? If I had to note them quickly, it'd be Chiefs. I know that that's not the oh, roster yeah. anymore, but for them to to lose in such a fashion, and Wardell yeah. and friends. I question that one right there because I think that in the group they're in with Russia, Panda Gaming, and Imperial, even though you know you have two mixed teams and two actual teams in there, I thought that Wardell and and friends would have you know had enough to at least scrape that second spot. Yeah, but at the same time, it's not a big surprise to see them not go through. At least two of these teams are actual teams. Imperial isn't that bad. Panda Gaming is the former Cyberzen team, so they're kind of decent. And then Russia is just like Russian players in a mix, always dangerous. So I, I think it's fair to not see them go through. I know some people in chat were 
hyping them up last episode. I think it's just like a bit of the NA fanboyism and stuff like that. Whatever. Yeah, I mean, it's not like it's not that great of a lineup, right? There's Wardell and then there's Rosa, but like, not 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 a, not a massively impressive lineup. But I mean, when you look at Russia, that that isn't a particularly impressive lineup either. Not at all. Compared like... to what was what was supposed to be, which the players were supposed to be playing last time, and Flamey cool Flamey tapped right? out and stuff. Could you imagine if they were able to assemble like so for for Navi, for example, you obviously take simple and you put him in the Ukrainian team and you take yep. electronic and flame and you put them in the Russian team and you build there's so many good players in CS region it's fucking insane well, that but was even supposed make... to happen last time right that Flamey was supposed to play for us yeah, I'm not sure so. electronic too right I think electronic I, electronic did play last year oh he did play in the end oh well, he was the only one who didn't right simple simple and flamey both like and oh flamey didn't because of canceled. the whole MIBR yeah, thing, MIBR thing. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah yeah that's that's what happened last year so they were actually supposed to be playing but yeah it's not, the, not really the way to go, through. really, is it? But I, I yeah. think that uh, either I think way, it's exciting just because of the the possibilities, right? Just like a mixed team with like some of the best players from Russia, it's still pretty exciting. If you got this, this would be the cool thing, right? If you could entice the likes of Astralis to go, and then the second slot in Denmark, it's a qualifier, and then you can, you know, MIBR the first slot from Brazil, they're invited, and then someone else can qualify. If you have a team that's legitimately like in the top. 10 or maybe you could even argue the top 15 in the world with a core five roster from the same nationality invite them straight away and then give an extra spot as a qualifier position right and you could actually get really good teams there and it might incentivize teams to build uh national rosters to have a crack but let's bring the bracket up lucas because i want to start talking about who we actually have in the round of eight which is going down tomorrow um actually kicking off in not that long really uh, it's probably about i don't know what fucking how long is is it? probably it's like seven hours or right some now. shit. It's like seven hours or something. Anyway, here's the bracket. Eight, five Eight hours, 15 minutes. There we go. So pretty damn close. As you can see in the bracket, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, we do have the first round go today. Let's just quickly go over them. Fnatic, as mentioned previously, just beat Russia in a pretty close affair. It was 2-0. Optic over Alpha Red. Business as usual there. Valiant's able to take down Singularity, who they didn't really do a whole lot. Ukraine going down to Ago. We have Windigo with a win over Furious Gaming. I got some uh, some flack from the, the Argentinians for my cast of, of watching them <laughs> miss grenade after grenade after grenade, um, which I think is a pretty fair critique to give anybody at any level if you want to play Counter-Strike in a tournament. Uh, MIBR, Viva Algeria. That was a, a very quick game. Viva Algeria really didn't stand too much of a yeah. chance. Uh, for getting like three, four knives. It's crazy, man. Just running around, knifing everybody, getting it done. Absolute versus TNC. The Japanese roster continue to chug along. They have had an easier group, but it's good to see them. Uh, We saw them at the London Minor last year. Uh, They turned a couple of heads, the likes of Crow, Laz, etc. And then G2 taking on Panda. was another easy game. Panda didn't put up much of a fight. So let's look at the matches for tomorrow because they start to get interesting now. We actually get a couple of good games. Off the page, is anything jumping out at either of you? Oh, let's see. I mean, Fnatic as, in, as an exciting, I think Fnatic, op- Fnatic, optic Fnatic will be optic. the the should be the closest one on paper, right? Am I the, the, I? the thing is like the problem I have with like the second one could also have like some potential Valiance Ago, just because of like the the unknown factor. I thought Valiance was not going to be as good as they are, obviously. And Ago are still like a decent team, at least from Poland. It's not they're but they're, I, they're not bad. At, at the same time, that match doesn't doesn't matter in in the way that it doesn't tell us anything about these teams going yeah, forward that's it's true. like Argo beats a mixed team 
okay mixed team beats Sago. it's like okay Sago is kind of bad but we know they're not really good at the moment that that match is kind of not even really relevant to me even so, though it's exciting to see fucking emmy carry his team like the coach <laughs> carrying his team for some reason that's happening okay congrats i mean love the guy good guy <laughs> uh he did fuck fuck my yeah, bet from, the, from uh, last, he just last reminded week, me of trump so much uh, a good guy. He's he's a good guy. I he's like a good guy. I like that guy. But uh, the Fnatic optic game, that's that's where we see if Fnatic is is going to be playing real CS at this event or not. Like that's kind of the where we draw the line if if they're kind of if they're playing like shit or maybe they can kind of just grow with the tournament coming on and later on actually be a be a contender for the title. Yeah, I think for me, the Windigo versus MIBR game will actually be a, an interesting one because I, I think that Windigo, especially Poison and Ships, uh, are very skillful players. I think that they can, can do some damage, uh, and I don't think that they can. They can maybe take a map. You know, I, I give yeah. them a potential for a map, but I don't see them winning the series. I think MIBR are looking very confident. Um, they obviously haven't been pushed at all in this tournament thus far. They've only played <laughs> two games. Uh, they played Ego in, in the in the group stage, and then they played Viva Algeria. And look, all in all, it hasn't actually been too much of a slog for them. They've had a lot of downtime. But this is a, a stepping stone if you are prescribing to the idea that MIBR could be one of the, uh, the, the many fabled giant slayers of this year coming to take the title from Astralis then they need to, to show up here. They need to win this tournament, actually. To be completely fair, they need to win this entire tournament. So starting with Windigo, that's where their, their WSG run really kicks off, and then G2 versus Absolute. No offense to Absolute, but that is a must-win for G2 regardless of what's going yeah. on with the roster change. If, if G2 don't do that, then you can't even have faith in the core four who are currently on the team. Like, what the fuck's going on? You can see Body today in the way that he's playing. He's playing proper Counter-Strike. He hasn't given up. He's playing to win. So obviously... There's a lot of prize money on the line here. The further the yeah. they go, the, <laughs> it, you take it away. It's like what happened with Sixer. Remember when Envious won it? And Sixer was like, well, the team's dead now. Fucking peace. It was yeah. two years ago. It's good to get like a nice cash injection before landing on the bench. I think that's, that's always a good incentive to play hard because it's like 10K if you finish eight, then it's 50K if you finish top four. And I don't know what the number one and number two, I can actually scroll just to check it out. Yeah, second place, $200,000. First place. Pretty nice, man. Not, not bad. bad, yeah. Not bad. Yeah, not, I mean, this is worse. Well, it yeah, used to be a lot now. more as well. Yeah, it was, first place five was, was like 700 almost, I think. Yeah, something like that. Crazy. Real crazy shit. Well, and this is like a well, sponge. Let's... Sponge, like, maybe I shouldn't have retired. Maybe just pick up on Australia. Nah, like, man. Some I'm mixed so... theme. I'm, I look tired, old, wrinkled, and beaten down emotionally and physically <laughs> now, as opposed to before, where I was uh, much younger and tanned and probably smiling more often. But I still enjoy what I'm doing more now than when I'm playing, because playing was just such a stressful experience. It, it became just an absolute nightmare towards the end of things. Let's pick an overall winner. Is everybody going with MIBR to take this yeah. whole thing? Because we, yeah. we won't be out. I there. the thing is, like, I would, I'm, I would gladly go to somebody like Fnatic and not be like not pick the easy way out right but like none of them have been have been convincing we know optic to fuck up like every chance that they get basically Natic you have been looking can't awful even consider optic winning. yeah exactly it's like, like considering consider optic, optic winning at this point is like on on the turn like basis of what do we see them as a winning team like any relevant you would have to but... you basically have to go back a year to to start to maybe consider optic like a 
a yeah. force to be reckoned with at this point. Like that's that's how far you have to go, and you also have to go only to the individual players. Like that's how long they've been basically I mean, non. At this moment, it doesn't matter if it's MIBR on the other side in the grand final. If it's Windigo or G two, I'm still like, will they really win this? I'm not. I'm not. I wouldn't be <laughs> even if it's <laughs> okay. Well, like why? Like Optic lost to yeah, Valiance two yeah, sure. zero in the group stage. No, I'm just, I just Valiance with the coach. That. They played Nuke. The Danish map lost. So who? Okay, so if we're all going to go with MIBR as the, the biggest chance to win here, what is the biggest chance for an upset out of all these? I actually think that the one that, for whatever reason, I'm leaning to is actually absolute beating G2. For some reason, my brain's really? just gone. That's po- It's not possible. It shouldn't no. happen. But I feel I mean, like that would be That would just like become a meme for, for the next year. Imagine. I'm, I'm picturing it now. Look, I'm just, I'm just will, looking but... through what, what teams absolute beat, right? Or what teams they played. They played Furious. They played Frostfire. That's the thing, like they beat teams that are pretty much like as non existent as they are. So. Yeah, that's why I'm thinking oh. it's all possible. Oh, actually, Furious are, I mean, Furious are some, some, some legit, so it is possible. Like Laz, Laz had some good showings, he's like the exciting player to watch in game leader. This, off is, this is similar to the Scars lineup, right? The, it, to it the one Scar- that same team, Scars yeah, it's not exactly the same lineup, though, is it? I think they've changed one player. I think it's Rita they added because Rita? they had uh, they had Crow, they had Laz, they had Bass, and they definitely had uh, Takaji, Takaje. Take J. Take J. Take J. Come on, I'm trying to do justice to the language. <laughs> no, that's not. Uh, yeah, that's not going to happen. Yeah, I mean, I don't see that happening. It would be a, it would be a, a monumentous yeah. choke. But yeah. look, I, I like the Japanese guys. It's kind of exciting to have a Japanese team. So yeah, I'm, I'm rooting for them in this I, for sure. I want Japanese Counter Strike to be a thing for one reason and one reason only. I've never been to Japan, so if they like rock on Plus in, they, then they have a tournament in Japan. I'll be fucking signing up for that like nobody's business. But I know that Prof's been trying to not Prof, sorry, Strike has been trying to delay this moment for as long as Fuck. possible. I think uh, let's do our new like, bets no, before we go. No, 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 no. Let's no, do, no. Let's do slips let's, first because I don't is, know how I'm going to be able to speak. This is how we're going to do it. Okay. You're going to do. Are we able, Lucas? Are we able to do striker slip first? Okay, we're going to do striker slip first, and then while we're doing prof slip, I'm just going to eat. Striker will eat, and I the just want you like to a, keep striker on camera. <laughs> okay, because there's a. I mean, there's three. Whatever. Let's do my slip. Fuck it. What are we looking at? Oh, the graph, right? Yeah, I actually won oh, my okay. first slip because sure, because of like oh. a random factor. Because basically, Fnatic you, won their pick in both series, so I won you my won slip. Thirty euros, thirty-three, yeah. thirty-three and a half. I I actually gave you the half. Yeah, I, I mean, first time I actually won anything since we started doing this segment. By the way, so yes, thank you for for the claps. I deserve them. But yeah, I'm I'm fifty-three bucks ahead or euros, whatever, ahead of Prof for now. So it's a Good. small victory, but it's a victory nonetheless. So yes. uh, you it's should be happy with that one. Here, so give, but give yeah, you that. we need okay. to like for people that then don't follow it. Uh, we did this like what a, what a, a competition betting competition, and Striker lost the last one, so now he has to do the forfeit, which is kind of a chilly challenge, like the hot ones. What is it? The hot ones, the show on YouTube. Yeah, yeah. he has three different chili sauces that he's gonna eat with some chicken wings. That'd be exciting. Especially because he really doesn't like spicy, spicy stuff. Neither do it's I. It's not like I don't. I'm not liking is is one thing. I'm fine with it. I'm fine. I like it. It's just I'm not too used to it. That's the that's the bigger problem here. 
Well, I just don't without further ado, too much spicy food. Let's oh, yeah. get Striker's slip operational. Uh, I have to. I have to remember even what I did. There we go. I mean, that's the three. It's the three. The three of the four quarterfinals, basically. I didn't want to. I didn't want to come anywhere close to Valiant's Ago, just because like Ago actually had something like two point six in that matchup, even though they're up against a mixed team, basically. Like Valiants have some like ridiculous odds for them being a mix, basically. So I didn't want to touch that with ten football. I just I didn't want to bank on Ago, who I just didn't believe in at all. Yeah, so I just went with basically like the heavily favored. Well, I mean not heavily, but more, I guess. Um, reliable matchups. Now I see why you don't have like you don't have any faith in absolute because you bet on G two with odds one point oh six. I was just to, just to, just to yeah exactly just to bump up a little bit. Five euros on that bet or something. <laughs> yeah yeah some, I, not even that probably. But it's 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 pretty low yeah. But yeah. I mean it's I, I feel like it's it's fairly obvious. MIBR to to win against Windigo. Um, they should be like heavy 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 favorites. So there's there's no question there. I'm worried about Fnatic Optic because of Fnatic's history, Fnatic's major, Fnatic's group stage here, even Fnatic's previous match. But still, Optic have done nothing to really sway me since they basically started this team. So that's <laughs> yeah. ba that's basically my reasoning there. Like I have I have less faith in Optic, and this was actually the only one that had like some reasonable odds to bet on, because the rest, like you say, it's like 1.06, 1.14, which alone would have like given me nothing so i just had yeah. had to go with like one of those one of those um higher odds between those last two quarterfinals which uh this one is just more reliable i actually missed out on like mibr odds being like 1.3 or something and just as i was about to like oh, really? screenshot and send it's like oh odds change 1.14 so unlucky and I hate you, GG bet, but doesn't matter. That's <laughs> what? like the odds 1.3 for MIBR beating Windigo in a best of three. That was kind of insane to start off. So someone, someone got it. Someone didn't. What can you do? Uh, that's here's, yours. Here's the moment. Here's the moment. Okay. Fuck. Yeah, uh, you can just okay, show just up gonna... mine and then do like the yeah, big just cameras. Show, yeah, yeah, exactly. Just show, show the slip. And then uh, Prof can talk over while we hear Striker dying in the background. We are it's, some, gonna, it's gonna take me a second. We're having some technical difficulties right now. Um, I will get my people on it, and we'll be able to fix it momentarily. It's popping on up. Get Yanko to fix this shit. What are you doing, coaching the face phase right now? We need the tech yeah, advisor. I'm trying to okay. read it because I've had them. There we go. Um, so yeah, I did uh, the two matches. Optic Fanatic, as you see, I have much better odds because I placed it earlier, and MIBR is kind of a bit higher as well. Uh, this, but the same reasoning. Other than that, I did NRG against Complexity and ECS, which was also going down when I when I put the put the bet in, which I think is kind of a reasonable best of three online. It is online. Complexity did beat NRG, but I still think it's kind of a decent bet. And I went for LDLC Epsilon against Epsilon. It's the best of one ESCA Mountain Dew League on Mirage, but. Uh, LDLC has almost no Mirage wins. Epsilon is like on the rise right now with the new lineup with the spell on and those guys. So that's my combination. And only four yeah. members, I believe, for LDLC at the moment. Right? <clears throat> that is also true. They lost Devaduvek recently, so they're going to be playing with I don't know who. So all of that combining is, I think, Epsilon is like a decent, decent win there. 
So, Striker, are you? Did you are you ready? What do you have? No, Can you I'm present ready. it Look, to people? How much did you talk in though? We want to see how much no, you, no, you put. No, I, I max max bet. Max bet. Yeah, ninety euros. That's okay. not much. Oh shit! Okay, okay. so Sriracha coming full up screen. first. Full screen. Let's go, easy. Lucas. Yeah. Get him on the full screen. I'm just waiting for it to get on full screen so I can show it yeah. a little we bit properly. We have three, three difficulties, so this is the easiest. Uh, one. Look, I'm basically what I'm what I'm what my plan was right, and I hope you're gonna allow this. Is that like Sriracha? I can just put on quite a lot. It's fine. Um, I even like I even opened this before because I just wanted to use it for something else. I had like a tortilla since, <clears throat> so I just used it on that. I'm just trying to figure out how to show it without just like making a mess, basically. How to show how much I put on. I think you just have to make a mess. I don't think there's any other yeah. way to do it. Okay, fuck it. I also feel that you having already eaten this out of choice already negates it from, you know. Well, yeah, the... this is, okay. This is, yeah, I this feel is like... like a basic one. All right, we'll, we'll start here. This we'll is fine. Here. Yeah. Okay, that's not fine. Okay. That's not fine. I think it, you, you might need more? like double that amount. Double yeah, that amount probably. for this one, okay. Yeah. Okay. And then we'll we'll work up as we, Look, as we uh, get through the, it. Look, the last one, fuck you. Like, the last one, I'm just not even going to take, like, anything from you because that's supposed to be, like, super fucking insane. Okay. All right, this one should, should be easy. Do you like spicy food, uh, Prof? Are you a fan? Nah, I mean, I like mildly spicy things. Like, the taste is good, but it fucks me up pretty hard. Like, okay. at the moment and then later, later is pretty hard. So you two, yeah, while, while we're doing fine. this, maybe we'll take some suggestions in chat uh, coming in while while Striker loads up the next one. Because we are doing another challenge. We need to set a deadline for it. Um, and I assume we may as well put something else on the line. So um, what can we We're going to put our asses on the line. And yeah, we... second one coming up, right? I'm just going to show it. I also show, I'm showing that I didn't, like, this is not replaced or anything. I just kept the seal on for these. Oh! Because just to make sure that nobody can tell me that I, I cheated on this or whatever. Oh, this is might take him even a while because I have to even open this. Okay. What's the name? Just give us and the this, name. <clears throat> okay, even the sriracha, like with with that kind of amount. Uh, okay, this says ass in the tub. I can show you the the label as well. Oh, wow. Um, it's a pretty good label. Ass in the tub. Uh, it's probably um, turning turned a little bit. Yeah, you can see, and it Whatever. has like a nice nice. Yeah, it has picture. like a, a guy on. No, let's see. I'm trying to look at myself do it, and it's just like a little bit delayed. There we go. Yeah. That's a little bit better. Okay. Okay, and this says, this pepper sauce is seriously hot. In fact, this is about as hot as it gets. Uh, it might sound like we're bragging, but really we're just giving you the advance notice that it's going to burn on the way in, and three dots, well, you get the, the picture. It's a moving experience, is, is, the, is what this says, right? So I'm going to shake this a little bit. Good luck. Because, yeah. Just tell me how, look, fuck. Oh, there's the... Now even wait. Let me just try. Okay, fair enough. It actually got, does go. This does not smell good. That I'm not. I'm to, not. Yeah, smell okay. like death. <laughs> this is hard to hard to get out. Like because it's not plastic, I can't like squish it. Oh fuck! We're, it's we're so a hard, bit dude. Delayed here, but <laughs> this is so hard to get out, dude. You can just get it out and then put oh, it in front of the screen. Don't use some like magic and fake fake some like. Tomato sauce. On. I can't, dude. Like, how is that fine? Uh, I, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> can you not see it? Whatever. Let's start I'll... with that. Let's see how we go. Are you putting the whole thing in your mouth? How is it going? Are you going to put half of it? Oh. Whole thing. Jesus, that's not good. <laughs> it's, not, it's not that hot so far. Okay. It's just, it's just that awful sauce, good. though. <laughs> Jesus Christ, that's disgusting. No, it's so not it's... hot. 
It's not that hot. I mean, not so far. Maybe both gonna build up. I think we might need a bit more sauce on then. I feel like too because it's like this. This does not feel like punishment. This is okay. But the but worst thing is, you think the taste is not good, and if anything, Striker is a guy that has like doesn't care about anything. Everything is fine. Like nothing yeah, is bad. I'm just gonna put like, put a little bit more on the other side. Any okay. food we order is like ah, oh, this is fine. You have like it's awful. No, it's fine. No, okay. So this must I put be like, very like double that amount. I'm just gonna go straight in. I'm I'm disappointed in how this is working out so far. I thought he'd be more this tears. One, this one's not that great. Dude, the last one is the one that we're waiting for, basically. Let's just get the last one in the fucking... let's, let's Let's make the pain happen. I'm just going to read the label, right? We started with blah, 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 whatever nobody cares about. We lab tested at 322,000 school oh, units. Oh, come on. One of the hottest sauces on the planet. Warning, this sauce is extremely hot. Keep out of reach of, of children. Consume... <laughs> Consume one drop at a time with extreme caution. Oh, so that's good. not true. What is dude, that? NB, dude, NBK, NBK was like warning me about the sauce as we were like talking on Twitter, basically. Oh, that no. like you really shouldn't get more than like... Fuck, that's building up, actually. The previous one is kind of like getting somewhere. Oh, the heat. <laughs> it's, uh, it's a slow burn. <laughs> <laughs> do, you have the, do you have the tub ready for your ass? Jesus Christ. Okay, so this one, the bomb, ground zero, right? If you've seen hot ones, this is supposed to be like double, double the scoville units of their like Beyond Insanity um, sauce. So this is gonna be fuck. Okay, kind of building up. <laughs> uh, here Wait, we go. This has like a okay. Jesus, that it doesn't even look good. It doesn't even look like a for sauce. One drop at a time. That's that's something, you know. I'm I. It smells. It smells awful as well. Hot food, but I don't think I'd like to scorch my insides. Yeah. Okay. Fuck it. I'll just try. I'm gonna have to be careful here. <laughs> oh dear. Yeah, it goes. It's like a mad okay, scientist here. Oh. Ooh, oh, you've got liberal. That's quite liberal. I'm excited. Maybe you should okay. just like spread it around with like a knife or something. <laughs> Wait, I have a, I have a, way it's just a, I have a fry. It's all going to the same place, man. I don't think it really matters how much he spreads it. Okay. It's it smells awful though. It's gonna be bad. I, I can feel it. Fuck, this one's for you, Nathan. <laughs> oh no. It's just silence. The silence worries me a little bit. I'm waiting for it to kick in because oh fuck okay <laughs> uh, it's up ah fuck <laughs> I think it's like it's so disgusting like the sauce itself that it just like beats the heat but it's still oh my god uh, fuck man okay that's not use the gambit advice don't put it in your Jesus Christ. Okay, this one is building up. Fucking hell. All right. Do we continue now and just let him let, suffer as we continue? Yeah, yeah. So? Okay. So, yeah, yeah. Funnily you need enough, to finish that wing. The, funnily enough, we are going from a proper striker segment to Christ. a segment titled, funnily <laughs> enough, Burnout. And uh, this is going to be a fun one because we're going to get to watch Striker squirm here while we talk about this. Uh, if you're not watching the game right now, uh, load it up. NIP versus FaZe Clan is going on map number two of the best of three to get through the grand final. 
Uh, NIB did win the pistol round, so they're off to a better start than they were on the first map. But we are talking about the burnout with players because recently we saw um, the likes of Dennis stepping down for Holy shit. unforeseen <laughs> amount of time. <laughs> Uh, I'm, I'm not look, I, our producer oh, laughing in the building, background this, this is, the is building thing. so hard like I'm crying dude oh dear okay uh, the second one was like was a walk in the park it was like it was an awful awful taste but the sauce was like not that hot this one's fucking building up and worse and worse holy shit <laughs> yeah uh, MBK, so, like, yeah. he's enjoying it he's enjoying it <laughs> Alright, Prof, I'm gonna I'm gonna set this one up for you so you can get going while we while we keep watching him die here. Uh so we've had Dennis step down for a for a little bit of time while he uh, recovers from some fatigue, and they've had uh, Drake and step on in in the in the interim. Now we don't know how long this is gonna take, we don't know how long that Dennis is gonna be out of out of the game for. Um first of all, how do you read into the situation? Because we know Dennis was critical of himself and what do you think about burnout with players? Uh, I, I'm not sure like how, how much we can actually believe what NIP said here. Like, just seems weird that Draken would quit his team to to go and stand in for NIP. That that is kind of the weird part for me. Yeah, <laughs> see Spanger enjoying yourself. <laughs> I'm fucking uh, I'm dying, dude. It's still fucking hot as hell. Like my tongue is feels like uh on fire dude like this will burn like another asshole <laughs> another asshole ah <laughs> uh, feels good to not lose okay a good old not ah, losing fuck, i just need the milk fuck this do you do you have cat milk is that cat fuck milk you. Oh. <laughs> uh yeah we need to we need to find uh, a new challenge. So, guys, if you have any ideas uh, for what we can do for the next one, whoever loses, please just tag us while you put it in the chat because I'll be I'll be uh, probably missing that. Okay. Tweet it at us. Uh, get it to us. Social media, all those platforms. Work something out for the next one because yeah. uh, Dude, something disgusting or humiliating. Com- Not disgusting. <laughs> please don't do anything that will make us gag, like the source streaming or whatever it's called, like the. Swedish, the Swedish fish, fish? yeah, that fermented was... thing. That's fucking. Don't do that. Like that's pretty disgusting. That's really bad. I, would, oh, I mean, fuck. I'm up for Come that. Come on, Jesus Christ! I wonder it's if I can going. get a, a widgety grub shipped, like a dead widgety grub from Australia, to make you eat. What the fuck is that? Uh, I'll link it. Hold up. What did you Same, say? What was I'm, it called? Uh, widgety grub. The fuck is that? Getting a picture. Hold up. Ah, uh, I'm still dying, dude. So let's Same not do that. Like, Lucas, let's can not, you bring this not, up on stream? It'll be let's dead. Not do anything It'll that be will dead, make us gag. So it won't be. It won't be. This won't be. I'll eat this. No, I would not eat that. <laughs> eat a boot. <laughs> dude, don't make it. Ah, oh, fuck no. It's just a grub. It's just a grub. Ah, you're fucking Australian. Fuck you. Ah, uh, <laughs> fucking insects. Insects are are off limits. Oh come that's on, crickets yeah. are a good source of protein. That's the thing. Like. That's the thing, like anything that will make me bomb. Let's, well. not, let's not do that. Okay, all right. Can we get, let's get back on track. So we've got the, uh, there's the witch, the witchy grub for everybody. Oh. An indigenous delicacy down under. So we're going to get kicking on in to 
this Drake and selling it for Dennis. Prof, you were talking about the fact that you think it's yeah. a bit weird that he left his team. Yeah, I mean, is this really just Dennis taking a step back for like a few weeks or months? If if so, why would that? Why would Drake and just get out of the, like the stream existence team that has been in the works for like a couple of months just so he could stand in for an IP and get like a few months salary? Like, what's what's the point of that? So, feels like similar. Actually, feels similar to the Michael Ella stand-in situation when they had. What was that? Pith had a arm injury, fist injury, something. Then they brought in Michael Ella for three events. The first one they won was the Star Series season two, and when that finished, I I I'm not completely sure, but I think Michael Ella said something like along the lines that he was led to believe that he would actually have a chance in the team, and I feel like this is similar to what happened then. It, like it's also like inconsistent offer coming in. Filling the role that they need, but I, I don't know. Maybe maybe it is. Maybe it's not. If it is, NIP as the org again, kind of misleading a player. I feel like that's a really big bitch move, and I hope it's not true. But yeah, on the on the back to the whole burnout thing. If Dennis is first of all, like, what can he actually be burnt out from in this year? He had. It's March. He played one tournament for three weeks. Is that is that really a thing? Yeah, really I, I burnt think out from that. If we if we look at the amount of tournaments though that the, the teams are playing, I guess that might be. It, I don't think it's being burnt out. Wait, you guys have done it again. So on the I just brought the NIP roster on HTV.org, and you guys have put Draken in there uh, in the place of Dennis. So this has happened. Uh, in uh, I guess it's cases. because this is this one's because we probably ex we expect this to be like more long term than than just sure. like a couple yeah. of weeks or something. So that's yeah. that's why. I think that if, if you look at the, the symptoms as a whole here for NIP and the fact that they do lack a primary AWPA, Draken coming in uh, for a, maybe a longer-term project, like you're saying, it could be possible. But I, I think that the issue that at least was uh, skirted around uh, was probably more of an attitude issue with, with, with Draken as opposed to anything else. He obviously doesn't perform yeah. uh, as a, as a top-tier AWPA. He's not a, I wouldn't put him in my top 10 AWPAs in the world. Um, but you know he's serviceable. He can he can get that done. I think that the burnout from Dennis maybe it's just a a constant compounding issue of he's noted publicly that he he was underperforming, uh, and if he's gone to the point of noting publicly that he's underperforming, I can only hazard a guess the amount of abuse from very fickle, child-minded fans who uh, shouldn't be able to call themselves that would have been sending him copious amounts of uh, abuse and not so nice messages and and let's be fair um you know it's very easy to be one of those people who have about three twitter followers and say oh just don't read it just ignore these people but when this is your every day and it's your life and you're so connected to something especially like esports and gaming and counter-strike is uh it, it's difficult to tune those type of things out you know you see the negativity coming in uh you read it and you think to yourself that person's just a fucking moron which nine times out of ten that's probably the case but it still compounds because it adds to self-doubt and uh, being mentally strong is something that literally every person in the whole world struggles with. So uh, for people to just say, oh, ignore it or brush it off or do this or do that, it's really not that easy. And uh, maybe that's a symptom of, of the burnout that Dennis was saying he was uh, experiencing. That's just one, one yeah. take on it. Yeah, it must be something along those lines of him just not feeling comfortable playing the game, not performing well because... If you look at the stats for like the last year, even he hasn't been playing 
particularly like his level isn't impressive he also came into the team to be the in-game leader he's not doing that either so he's just like another player on the team he's not primary opping either so that's also a role that they need to kind of fill so i guess he they just wanted to give him some time and see if he can recover and go back to his like good form from like late like early 2018 late 2017 or something that's already a long time ago so i'm kind of curious to see if like is it realistic to even expect him to go back to that like he's 28 right he's not the youngest player in the in the world either so all of that com like combined makes me skeptical about him even getting back into this lineup like i don't know so but at the same time mm -hmm. it does make sense like in esports we just kick players so easily like you underperform for a couple of months you're out so uh, buying new players changing the roster changing the lineup getting communication back chemistry all of that takes time so finding the balance between okay let's get this player some off time and then try him again in a, in a month and balancing that and just like making the early cuts is something i think everyone in cs needs to needs to work on and improve on do you think that's like a culture shift? Because the way that I look at it is right now, we're still so ride and die with the concept of five players, which is fine. I think that Counter-Strike, uh, I don't think you'll ever have like a rotating bench in a tournament. I think, uh, well, look, I don't think any time in the foreseeable future you'll have that. But I think that having six guys on the roster, so right now, let's say that they signed Draken again and they just kept Dennis on the bench and Dennis had to do streaming obligations. He had to play a certain amount, so he's playing FBL. He's practicing in that regard. He has to learn certain strategies for the team in case, you know, Forrest's uh, baby is, is due or, you know, Get Right has an emergency that he has to go take care of or something like that. And then that sixth member can always just jump in. We have spoken about this, uh, but I, I've definitely spoken about this before um, and facilitating that role. And the question is, with somebody in this circumstance, like a Dennis, who you did mention his age and the fact that he might not ever return to that form, it might not be the worst thing in the world. Especially, like, let's say they... they this is hypothetical. Draken comes in, you know, they play some games, they're looking pretty good. Um, and then two to three months down the track, they have a dip. Okay, well, maybe we keep Draken, but we, we, you know, we put... Let me just throw a name. Let's say we put Get Right on the bench. And then Dennis comes in and roles change and now it's a different looking NIP. And they've still been able to hold on to that piece. I think that... Maybe there is a need for that at some point soon because it feels like players are really, obviously they want to attend events. That's what they live for. That's what they play for. But it, it, it is very taxing when you're practicing six, eight hours a day and traveling the world and people are like, oh, they're playing a video game. Shut the fuck up. Um, <laughs> the thing Living is in that, hotel rooms. Yeah, man, it's not really the most fun situation. Look, I, I would prefer to do this than digging holes, but at the same time, everything has its pros and cons. I think that sometime soon, it wouldn't be bad to have that shift, you know? Like right now, let's say that Sonny can't get sold. It doesn't go anywhere. If I was Mouse, I'd just keep fucking Sonny on the bench. I'd say, listen, bro, we'll keep paying your salary. Go play some FPL, stream some fucking games. And then if this shit doesn't work out, Frozen 16, he shits the bed. We decide we don't want Christian anymore. He might, you know, not be doing what we need or we're not happy with Rops. Then you just bring Sonny back in, right? If these players want to go somewhere, they want to sign these contracts, they have to understand that they have, they're held to something. And I think that the orgs, as they transition in this period to having coaches uh, or management more in control of the rosters, we should see this happening more and more. Are you, are you dead, Stryker? Uh, no, I'm good. Oh, we got him. Pretty good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You have uh, to take some time off the camera, I see. No, no, I just need to fix my mic because it was falling down. Because it's like, ah, yeah, well, yeah. I've got a bit of a ghetto, ghetto solution, so that's kind of why. 
No, I was I'm, uh, I'm, I've been fine for like the last five minutes, but like up to that, it's just been building and building, and building. Fuck that. Fuck that experience, seriously. Yeah, there are a lot of people in chat that said that they just missed it, they just tuned in, so maybe you can. Have no, no, no. One. There's there's fucking replays for that. We're on the internet. Fuck you. Why are you attacking the thing, the thing I wanted to say about Dennis, right? I haven't been listening for like most of your conversation so far, just like the last five minutes I heard, because I've just been struggling. Um, there's basically, it, to me, it felt like it's not just about burnout, but there's just like probably some shit going on in his personal life. Because like you say, he's obviously not been playing um, that much in terms of like volume, at least volume of matches or volume of tournaments. Like NIP have actually been one of those teams that's skipped like some of the most tournaments. So it's like, it, it's not just that. It's just like probably either his personal life or just like his form getting to him basically that he just like keeps like, I don't know, blaming himself for, for team's losses and stuff like that. So I feel like once you get into that mindset, it's hard to come back from it. So I, yep. uh, I would imagine that's why, um, that's why he's taking a break rather than like him actually being burned out from from the amount of, of, of CS he's playing. The thing which uh, I think probably needs to be conveyed more often as well is is not everybody, and sorry, not every team can be the best team in the world. Um, everybody as a competitor wants to be the best that they possibly can be, but there are certain teams in the striking distance in an era or a period of Counter-Strike who can be a contender for the best team in the world. I don't think any of us right here would have any problem saying no matter what lineup we see from Nip with these moves and little shuffles and little pieces they might tinker with, in my opinion, they cannot be the best team in the world in this current era of Counter-Strike. And maybe they're self-aware of that fact. Uh, maybe they're just going into tournaments to see if they can win one here, there, and everywhere. Um, but that's something which goes for, for all these squads, right? Not everybody can be the best team in the world. There's probably... Four teams in the world right now. Well, there's one team in the world who's fucking the best. And then there's three teams in the world who could challenge the best. Could. I'm not saying they would. I'm not saying they will. I say that the potential for there to be challenged in tournaments is there. And I think that's the Na'Vi, uh, Liquid, and MIBRs of the world. So that expectation from fans, if you are a fan of a team, and you're happy, you know, you, you need to be aware that they probably won't be the best. You know, the, the, this team is likely to sit around, you know, maybe 10th or maybe sit around 15th. Or it depends on who you're looking at. Not everyone can be the best. So manage your expectations, everybody. Yeah. Do we have any other any other examples of burnout in, in recent times from players? I, I think Mouse Sports was one. I, I At the time, LMBT I mean, said about practice to me, like in the moment. And then when we had him on the podcast before, he said that he didn't feel that it was practice. So obviously you look at uh, things through rose-colored glasses when you when you look back. If you look at Sunny and Automatic, their top 20 articles we posted at the start of this year, both of them said that, was it Sunny and Automatic? I think it was, yeah, Automatic or Twist as well. Like these guys all thought about just quitting CS because they're so just sick of traveling and competing all the time that they're, even though they're winning, they're playing well, they're like top two at, at the worst, they consider quitting CS because they're just burnt out from all of the traveling and that's something that teams really need to start looking at a lot more and because in the end if you lose if these players actually did that if they did take a break it's the team that loses the most it's not the player the player can always come back and have a, have a great career after like a month or two but in the meantime what are you doing with your roster i mean this is what actually happened with mouse sports in the end i feel like at least they just fucked up those things People got sick of traveling. They played less 
like when they were at home, they actually just wanted to not play because they were playing and being on their own for so long that they didn't have anything else in their lives. So yeah, not, not good. I think thankfully we didn't see any of them like quit CS because they're great talents, great to watch. But who knows if we if we'll have something like that happening this year with the schedule potentially being even even worse because new teams, new tournament organizer coming in, more tournaments need to be put on, all of that stuff. Yeah, the priorities from teams and, and players at this point, especially if you're a top fifteen team in the world and you're playing at the you know the IMs, the SL ones, you're getting a chance to play in the big leagues of, of ECS and Pro League, and you're going to a star ladder, you're doing the blast events. You need to start calling it somewhere. If there's an invite to go to a small event in some tropical island in fucking the middle of nowhere, it's going to take your players 24 hours to get to. Uh, and, you know, maybe think twice. Unless it's summertime and they can get a tan. But otherwise, yeah, probably everybody now needs to start taking a bit more of uh, responsibility because maybe in the beginning, people were thinking, let's play and win as much as we possibly can before the gravy train comes to a stop, but it doesn't feel like that gravy train is going anywhere. So I think that uh, people just need to start thinking a little bit more long-term and hopefully avoiding that burnout. And we'll probably round this one out. We're going to move to the CSGO map pool discussion right here. Now, yeah, Striker? In the meantime, Nippa actually making a map of this because it looked like it was going to be another plot. Yeah, I think uh, Draken was, was at the bottom of the score. Garden was literally out. Huh? Draken was at the bottom, it? and he's had like impact in almost every round that they've won since then. So, yeah, there was a round where Garden was literally AFK or something, and holding the lower ramp on B, and they they killed him, but still phase won the round. I was like, okay, kind of. If you get that for free, then you should be doing something. But they they were managing to turn it around. Looks like they're, they're going to lose so. to an eco now. It could be an 8-6. We'll see about that. Nico, no. Nico on two kills. Nico, Nico. By this the way, the I've just, gotten, NIP, I've just yeah. gotten used to like the fucking master race of of um, HUDs from ESL that, that this, this is just tilting me. Yeah, and especially the names, like the names being faceit names or something. So Nico is all small letters, just like we usually yeah. use for the I Danish mean, Nico. Okay. And this is so annoying. And like, when is Danish Nico playing in phase? It's getting you that much, is it? Nah, that's, it's uh, really... that's in your brain. I mean, it is kind of something we really do pay attention about on HLTV. Just I like mean, just gen- just gen- just generally, obviously, like especially when there's like this sort of a problem between like there are multiple multiple players being um, named the same way, right? And they actually do capitalize differently. Then it's a, then it's an issue because now, like literally, somebody who's not who hasn't followed CS for a while will just look, look at it and say, "Yeah, well, what's Danish Nico doing on on phase?" Sure. Or maybe Danish they don't even know how anyone one is capitalized. Then. Oh yeah, that's yeah, that's another line. thing. You just like to watch headshots or something along those lines. And such. Oh, it's good to see though that Olaf and Adren are using the orgs. I think Rain and Nico are still saying very. I mean, Nico is never gonna switch. Like. From my conversations with him, I, either on Twitter or personally, he's just never going to budge, man. It it doesn't it it, it doesn't really make much sense because no matter what happens, I feel like the org is still going to be viable after Valve touch it up. So you know, there's going to be certain depends. circumstances where it's going to be better than M4. Depends on wh- if what you're predicting is actually going to come true. Because I feel like One they will hope. just nerf it. I feel like they'll just nerf it um, as an actual like the stats of it, rather than just. Um, 
just pull the, the price back. That I, mean, I don't sucks. think it's as overpowered or as, I don't know, misplaced as the Revolver or the Tech 9. Sure. Well, no, no, no. Like that. so, so, so I don't think even if you look at the CZ, which was obscene and absolutely ridiculous when it came in, it's still a viable gun. So I think the AUG will kind of fo follow that pattern. It'll be nerfed, but still be viable in some situations. Yeah, but I mean the problem with it with that is that it's too then it's too expensive, right? So why 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 even change it? I mean why even pick it up? You have a better like overall option. That's the that's the, kind of the thinking of players as well. They just want a better overall option for a rifle, right? And they're just gonna stick to that. And I don't think they'll use different rifles for different situations much. Interesting to see how that one progresses. But something that I uh, am quite curious in is. We have had uh, the same eight maps floating around the map pool now uh, ever since Valve introduced Cobblestone and Overpass back in the day. And we haven't really seen too much variation. There have obviously been uh, updates to the maps. Inferno's gone through one. Dust 2's gone through one. Trains had a couple of little uh, changes here and there. Nukes had some big changes. Uh, Overpass was changed a lot in the beginning. Cobble, there's a new map out, but it's currently not in the competitive map pool. Uh, what am I forgetting? I'm forgetting Dust 2. Did I say Dust 2? Dust 2's obviously had the, the graphical upgrade as well. It hasn't really been anything of note changed on that map, really. Not really. Uh, and, and yeah, we, we did speak about Train. Train was changed a lot in the early days with the positioning of the bomb train uh, moving around a couple of times. But what I am curious about is your guys' take on the maps and whether we will see any new maps come in because this is normally the period of time where if Valve were going to do anything, they would change it post-major before the next major was to start. Uh, and I also want to get your take on this. We were just talking about weapon balance, but for me, the weapon balance in Counter-Strike has never been the dictator of a meta. It's more been the maps popularized in the pool because when a, when a new map comes in or comes out, a certain team's map pool gets stronger or weaker, or if it's a new map for everybody's sake, then everybody either has a choice just to ban it or address it. And I think that if you had... This is a, a crazy theory here. If you had, let's say, let's go as high as 11 maps. I think we've spoken about this before. We could even just go with 10 maps. You still have seven maps in the pool, but you rotate in maybe two maps every so often and uh, have, it, have it going down like that to keep it fresh. So every six months or every major cycle, you change, uh, you change two maps, you pull two in, you pull two out. And uh, that's going to address, really, it, it means you are less likely to have Astralis at the top the entire time because everyone else gets a, a, a similar point of starting when a new map comes into the pool. And two maps means that in best of threes, if I'm Astralis, for example, and two maps come in, let's just say, completely just, just stay with me for one second. Let's say that Abbey and Biome come in and Inferno and fucking Overpass are out. Well, if I'm Astralis, I have to prac one of them because I can only ban one, right? It, someone else might prac one of them and they want to pick Abbey or some shit. So it would mean a bit more variety. And I think that uh, the maps right now, especially Mirage, Cage, it's getting stale. We're not seeing anything new. Yeah, that cash is definitely. I think I, one of the ECS streams I watched recently, I, I think it was also like the phase versus pro game. DDK said literally, cash has been solved. Like he wasn't saying it like about the map, he was just talking about how, how people play. But I think is cash has been solved. Like whatever you do, there's a, like a whatever the T does, there's a CT counter reaction, there's like a defined starting. Point, like what do you do with your utility you throw the molly on the booth and they extinguish it with the smoke then if they're doing this if they're taking main sct then you have to do something else if they're doing like deep b control then you're doing like a like a setup with there are like so many 
uh, variables, but all of them are kind of, you do this, there's a clear anti-play to that. So as you said, I think cash is like mega stale and pretty, even though it's interesting for like new players, maybe it's for, for Pogs, it's great because people know what, what to do. I think it's, it's similar to Cobblestone at the end. It was just for the CTs. It's not that interesting. Can't really do that much. Seems like whatever you're doing is just a very small, small bonus that you can get as a CT. And then the T's can just get the map control and do whatever they want. Executes are so easy, so good. I don't know. I think it's definitely the map that needs to be moved, as, moved out as soon as possible. And the, my problem with that would be just like generally having a lot more maps and just to rotate them in would be just generally we don't do we really have that many <clears throat> that many options or like are there really map makers that know what they're doing in terms of like how competitive a map is going to be how balanced and and things like that how many options there are like they won't know until some of these pro teams actually play the maps right so for that for the switches to happen like as often as you were suggesting we would need to be sure that those maps are ready for competitive play and that's well, the biggest issue of it that I have because, like, we saw, we saw, like, okay, Kabul and Overpass actually worked out, I think, quite well. Um, apart from like all the like different boosts that ended up getting removed, basically. I mean, both um, of them were heavily changed from the original. Version. Well, yes, they were. They were, but they were still even before the changes. They were still working. Like, sure, there were still balances, like Overpass with the with the A site, um, being I mean, changed quite a lot. The first Cobblestone was literally shit. I mean, I'm if trying you remember, to remember how like, big oh, the yeah, B-bomb site right, that's used right. to be. The, 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 out, a... the outside area of the B-bombs, like the, whatever, the, the back area of the B-bombs site was, yeah. was really stupid. That's true. Um, just trying to remember like what, what the actual changes were. But I mean, that's that's what I'm saying, right? With the, these new maps, like you don't know what's a stupid area or what's, how that's going to work because like we haven't seen anybody serious play it, right? So that's that's the problem that I would have like with more maps coming in is just that they would take a lot of time before they actually became like well balanced or like well thought out and and competitive without any of these like shenanigan type plays possible that are just like gonna get removed the second that people f find out about it. That's the that's that's the issue that I would have with just more maps coming in that we don't really have the quality there. So if the communication was clear that it was going to change, for example, after the major, um, uh, like let's I I was suggesting two maps at a time, which is my ideal play right obviously that's not a right now kind of thing i couldn't even think of maps like you're saying that could slot in right now and and yep. take the role of some of these but with the with the cache update coming in from fm Pone, obviously it's going to revitalize the map and maybe you know there'll be a cool few little changes i know that um, that hard wall over towards a so you've got the truck and then you've got the wall then you've got the bomb site uh, that wall is going to be curved so that's going to change the dynamic with retakes on that site there's lots of different pieces there that uh, will be will be different so they're cool to keep in mind, but I I've played I've actually actively no joke I've, and it sounds ridiculous, but I've actively been trying to play as much of Biome Abbey. I don't, I think Zoo is bad. Um, uh, Biome Abbey and the new Cobble as, as much as possible because I, I think that I don't think that they're going to get put into the map pool, but I wanted to see if there was a chance that would make sense for them to be put into the map pool. I think that the bombsite layouts of Abbey, both bombsites themselves, are laid out very nicely. I think it makes for for good post-plant situations, good ways to defend. Uh, there's maybe too many corridors over towards that A bomb site. Uh, I think it's the A bomb site. It's the 
But yeah, I think so. I forget. Anyway, um, I think middle has a cool dynamic about it. The CTs can can play it. They don't have to be all in like a map like Cage. They can they can pick it. They can fall. They can play between either connector. Uh, I just think that if Counter Strike stays with the same seven to eight maps for such a long period of time, like it is right now, it's not giving anything. It's not forcing the minds of Counter Strike to be more creative, right? That's a problem I have. Whereas new maps when they come in, sure, there's a figuring out period. But that's kind of cool. Who's got the bigger brain? Who's going to come up with the nerdier smoke? Who's going to work out the pacings, the strategies, the holds? Who is going to define the meta? And that, for me, is, uh, is, a, is a very big talking point. And, and I'm sure we'd all be happy if a Tuscan clone, call it whatever you want, name it Tuscan backwards, call it fucking CPL Hill. <laughs> I don't give a fuck what you call it. But the layout and the way that that map played was phenomenal. I, I really enjoyed that map. But that was back in 1.6 days when a lot of maps were heavily CT bias. Inferno, 11-4s, you you had trains, you're looking at 12-3s, you've got nukes, that's a fucking lockout on the CT side. And people are like, oh, that's shit. It's not shit. Your brain is shit if you think that's shit. You don't want every map to be the same. You don't want every map to be eight, seven, nine, six halves. That's ridiculous. It, It doesn't show anything different. What you want is the maps to be differently tactically diverse. If you were able to get more than three rounds on nuke in the days of 1.6 and source on the T side, holy shit. You fucking, you've really worked hard for that. And there's something special about that, right? There's something unique to be able to have maps where you have to grind real hard or a clutch situation. Or if you know that the the bar is only three to four rounds and this team, they win a clutch to get five or they win a big clutch to get six. Like, holy shit, you know, they're fucking doing it. And it it really changes the way that uh, maps are viewed. Whereas if every map is, is, you know, equal, it's less exciting for me. I, I like having, you know, contested rounds and contested games, but... I don't think having every map as a as a fifty fifty is is the way forward. I think the only yeah the the one thing I would be looking at if that was the case if we had more like balanced maps is whether pistol rounds would work the same way right because if they were still like some somewhat fifty fifty even though the map overall was really 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 like CT heavy then you would have a problem with like then you don't really have those comebacks possible. Like the second you lose the pistol in the second half, like you're down 3-12, you lose the pistol in the second half, you, know, you still lose. So if you don't have like a reliable pistol on the, on the on the on the stronger half, that's whatever, whichever half is favored strongly on that map, then you just lose the match, right? So that's that's the only issue that I have with it because in, C- in 1.6 particularly, which is the maps that you were talking about where the, where the, the CT was super super heavy there you had very very ct favorite pistols as well so if that doesn't happen like with with some of these maps so that that that, that i see as an issue right I understand what i mean huh i didn't play 1.6 yeah. but it's just like the, it, the thing is that in 1.6 i feel like it was still the pistols were fairly favored towards whatever the map was favored overall um, to whichever side of them the map was favored. Uh, yeah. But if that doesn't happen, if that doesn't happen with CS:GO as well, where the pistols are a lot more fifty-fifty, whereas in in one point six it was just generally pistols were very CT favored. Mm. So that's that's the the problem that I would have with that. Because at this point CS is just like fairly random pistols. I feel like nobody has really figured out a way to play pistols on any side um, consistently, right? I think we had this discussion before. I definitely had it with someone. The the term random used in this environment, um, are you using it in a in a negative way about pistols? Like, do you well, say like a, a random being bad? No, I'm just saying that there's 
like you don't really have any reliable like default way to play pistols right you still have to come up with like a lot of different strategies like switch things up maybe stack a bomb site a ct you know take a take a bit of a gamble or just like play a certain way you have to come up with like a lot of different things while in 1.6 i felt like you didn't really have to do that like you you had like an inherent bias um so and that's why cs is the way it is with pistols a little bit more 50 50 so that's that's kind of the 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 thinking i have there i don't think it's bad that it's random that it's more 50 50 not at all I, I think that it's actually is quite a good way to start the game right because uh, even if you are an underdog and the pistol round is a a 50 50 round i don't i i see that as the perfect way to start a game because that's the the opening progressing point i would like to go into a match no matter who i play for no matter what team i'm in thinking that i have a 50 percent chance of winning the pistol round and not off of gambling or like rng of of the guns because i don't think that you know that is what factors in here but as you're mentioning people take a lot more risks on pistol rounds they stack bomb sites they do all ins with the glocks you know there's people who play really slow with the glocks and do fakes and we see like furia using a lot of utility on the t-side pistol rounds for example yeah ct's going for armor pushes going all in i think that there's so much variation and versatility on the pistol round and the fact that it is unique that it's cool and i like that and i think that that's a positive sign uh in in counter-strike i just think that uh, this is why I bring up the, the map topic is the variation, we already get it in pistol rounds. Anybody can win a pistol round. Um, we've just covered that topic. or well, not everybody, but within reason. With the maps, right now, and I I'm not saying I don't want Astralis to be the best. Uh, they And I hate using this word, but they definitely deserve to be the best. They mm-hmm. they play the best Counter-Strike, right? They, they, they should be the best. The, the way that they approach the game, they should be the best. And they are. Uh, but if you add a variation to the map pool every six months, it would force them to work harder. I'm not saying they don't work hard. I think they work very hard. But if you if you changed out, Nuke was gone. Well, they don't have that crutch anymore to, to you know, nobody has to ban Nuke against them anymore because it's not in the pool. Or if Inferno's not in the pool, another map they're super strong at is gone. And it might be more competitive in that sense. And, and it's just something that I thought might have been a, a bit of a, an interesting one. But because you're right, we don't have enough maps that can be tested at a, a decent caliber of level. One, because of too many tournaments. Two, because the uh, pickup game systems, as face it, in ESCA don't do what we used to do back in the day, which was have the more fun maps in the pool, right? You used to have CPO Fire, CPO Mill, CPO Strike, I mean, and you play them for fun. Even if they have them, they just get banned out. Yeah, the that's time, true. Like, that's it. true. You're right. They do. The people don't want to play them for whatever reason. So it has to be a top down. It has to be some form of communication, and uh, I don't think we'll ever we'll ever get there. But uh, before we uh, before yeah. we go, for what did I want to say? I want to say something. I have totally lost now. Now with this last thing, I totally lost my train of thought. But the thing, what you mentioned about adding two maps, like mm-hmm. adding one map, that is for sure going to happen sooner or later. But the problem there is what you mentioned: people can just ban it out and then ignore it as it doesn't exist. But at the same time, a lot of teams still have a perma ban, so it's either playing their perma ban or playing the new map, which then you kind of get it into the rotation somehow, even though. Sure. It's it's a lot slower than if you introduce two new maps. Then you really have to work on, you really have to work on the new maps, and new maps will get played. And only when they get played will they get improved on. And that's I think something that's necessary. Uh, and also, you didn't mention the best map that needs to be added: the canals in Venice. Uh, Venice, pretty I haven't nice. I haven't Some played sea, canals. So... The Mediterranean. I'm sure that it, it's probably a wonderful map, but uh, it's one that you I'm going to have to get my... You didn't play it at all? No, I don't think so. 
I mean, I, I like they updated it quite a few times. They updated it a lot of times, so that's why I kind of felt that the map could actually be coming into the like whenever. What is the last map we added? Dust Dune? Yeah. I thought that maybe they can add. They would be adding canals as well because the, so many updates were coming up at one point, and now the map is actually kind of decent. Feels mm -hmm. like a normal map. There's kind of some weird small corridor areas, but maybe that's something that will be unique to it. Maybe shotguns and stuff like that will be more viable on that map because of those narrow corridors or something, something like that. I, I think it's a map that could be, if we throw it in and then maybe update it a few times, I think it could be a decent map as well, just like Overpass and Cobblestone were. Not Cobblestone's always shit. Never mind. Huh. Overpass. We've got to uh, come to the end of our questions relatively quickly this evening, but... If anybody in chat has any good questions, I also had some come through on Twitter earlier. We might just grab these ones before we round out our evening here. And I think he's making a comeback, by the way. Yeah. They won a round with Rez Zeusing a guy, and Lecro just hitting a wonderful 1D, just a full eco almost. It's 12-12 I think they didn't lose a single round. That yeah, was 12-6. I think it was 12-6. They lost a round in there somewhere if you look at the bar at the top. Oh yeah, that's true. So it was 11-6 maybe. But yeah, either way, okay. these questions that I had to come in, let's see if anybody's okay. asked anything good on the Twitter sphere. Um, okay, I'm not sure if Golfer Dude Dan is here, but he did pose a question, and we can probably get this done quite succinctly. I'll probably throw this one your way, Striker. Yeah. Uh, for the show, I'm new to following CS. What makes Astralis so much better than teams before? I read of people saying, well, what about NIP or other teams from the past? Oh, nice you mean how they compare? So the question is how they compare or what's, how should I take this? Uh, the, the, I guess the context of this is why are Astralis the best we've ever seen compared to the likes yeah, of NIP? Why, how they compare? I mean, just, just looking at the way they play together that their team play is basically the best that we've ever seen like we have never seen anybody have the same level of team play before and that's basically that's the most basic answer i can i can tell you for that and it's just like you you can look into any sort of detail that that, that is uh there in counter-strike and they're basically like one of the best teams at it like whether it's trading or whether it's uh it's utility usage or whether it's like uh, setups uh, whether it's um, just trying to rotations, it's just all of these like aspects of the game. They basically are the best that almost that we've ever seen in any of these aspects of the game. So that's kind of why they just do everything better than everybody we've seen before. That's they, that's what it comes down to. And they can also to. shoot heads pretty decently. It's uh, not yeah, like, yeah, they're, they're, they're very not good like individually like a, too. Like a big or someone like someone like a flip side, like a tactical team that did all of the tactics, all the team play that they could just because they didn't have the firepower. So they kind of wanted to balance that out with these with these things because Astralis has the firepower as well. Maybe not the best firepower in the world if we just look at the players and their raw ability to move the mouse and hit headshots. But their raw ability is pretty pretty good as well. And then they have everything that the striker said. What it, what it comes down to is basically they seem to know the ideal way to get out of any situation. And just and it feels like almost like miraculous how they come up with these with these solutions to certain rounds that or even to any 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 given round almost like that they win basically is just them knowing exactly what they need to do to to win the round. Of course, it doesn't work all the time. Like they it can't. They just can't 
guess everything correctly. They just like other teams are good as well. You can't really look at it. They obviously nobody can win 16-0 all the time. I mean, we've seen Estrada do it a few times this year, but I mean over the past year at least. But it's 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 just they they just seem to know more than they are supposed to. I don't want to say that because that people will think they're cheating or whatever. But from the outside looking in, it almost looks like they know more than they're supposed to know from the information sure. that is around the map. It almost looks like they they just they do have some sort of help, but it's just not true. Obviously, just a very cohesive unit of yep. uh, a team that's on the same page and functioning at uh, near perfection. So this one will throw your way, Prof. This one is from Matthew McGonaway, a little bit of a funny fellow. <laughs> he has uh, said, or he has asked, how do you hope uh, uh, Hellraisers end up? What's a good and or plausible line- lineup they can get? And if they want to compete for top 10, what do they need? Considering Dead Fox is out, Woxic might be. I'm going to probably go ahead and say that's 99%. Hell, even Angel could go to Na'Vi. How many times has this been issued? So let's break this down. First of all, not how do you hope Hellraisers are going to end up. How do you think Hellraisers are going to end up? And just to want to touch on the match. 14-12. Guardian gets run boosted Ivy, gets double k- two kills. Easy life for yeah. Slovakian guard. It was a pretty cool, was oh, a pretty cool play. Uh, nice, nice play. And this is going like the mega distance. Uh, touching on that, that was before the show, we are thinking about topics. And I'm like, are we going to mention Hellraisers? I have no idea what's going to go on. Let's just ignore Hellraisers. Let's hope that doesn't pop up. Because that's a, kind of a pretty shit situation for them. That, because they lost Voxic, which is their main... Firepower player, player, opera as well. Uh, Dead Fox is out, kind of, okay, whatever. What they can do, actually, I was thinking about the best possibility. There are some rumors about LMBT coming back, so they can get LMBT, they can get Sticko, they can get Oscar, and they can almost reform. They can even maybe get Bondic back from Gambit. I don't know if he's on a long-term uh, contract or not. Get all of them together, reform the old lineup, minus zero, I guess, plus Isa. That's actually a lineup that could theoretically happen, even though I kind of doubt that they would get Oscar yeah. again. But I at the same agree. time, they don't have a better option. That's the best option that they can get, even though Oscar is Oscar and maybe not the most reliable player did, in the world. Did you just see what Draken did? He just uh, no. hit somebody. Basically, like it was one of those things where on Reddit you have like those the, that 30, 30 degree angle that he never hits, yeah. and anything beyond that he hits. He literally just had a crosshair on a guy, and killed the guy next to him in a smoke. I think Raid was. <laughs> was I hope there's gonna be a replay on that because like I don't I don't understand how that even happened. Because there were two Ooh, people nice standing next to each other, basically one in a smoke, one not in a smoke. And Draken was. Was aiming at the guy not in the smoke, obviously, and killed the guy in the smoke. That was like slightly off. I don't know what happened. Is Rez gonna clutch this? Oh my god, Rez wins. Uh... What? The oh! Fuck? oh! That was close. I feel like the dead oh, Dren actually dear. got. Adrian, yeah, Dren had an easy free kill, but yeah. just like with the first five bullets or something. Oh well. Felt, felt like great. he almost got flashed by, by that. It's almost the game. His own right? flash? Like, I feel that like that, that flash. Killed. That was pretty, yeah. No, I mean, he was full HP. No, All right, uh, somebody him. called Uzi with a U literally just followed me to ask the question, what happened to Electronic? Now, I don't have any context for this question. Um, he He's had a child and he's married, so that's yeah. about it on that's a personal about, level. That's about I love how he's like the youngest guy <laughs> in that team. Only guy. I, no, Zeus has a kid. 
I don't think. Does he have a kid? He... I've seen the kid on the Instagram stories all the time. Yeah, he does. Yeah, he does. I he does. Follow Instagram player. Like, well, there you go. See, I, this is how I stay up to date with all the all the juicy goss. I follow their Instagram and look at them posting pictures of the gym <laughs> and flexing in their cars. Um, I mean, Dennis has a kid, doesn't he? Eating, getting the gym. Dennis. Yeah. Dennis hunts. Yeah. Do you say that? What? You say he hunts. No, he but he has a kid. Oh, I don't. I, I, don't, I, I don't know he so. hunts. That's something I do know. He, he has like, a he has kills. a hunting Instagram. Yes, uh, yeah, because people hunting. are very upset because he was hunting. Like, why are you killing animals? I mean, oh. I'm not a fan of that either, but whatever. Not going to get into that discussion. Yeah, we won't get into that. That's You can just not follow the guy. He does, you don't have to agree with everything he does in his life. Trocky in the chat is asking, what do talent like myself do when uh, there's not a tournament on? Well, I normally sit at home and Those play. Those five days. I, <laughs> um, I play Counter-Strike when I'm not uh, at events and I just try and chill out. I don't really do much. You know, I'll answer emails, I'll send some invoices, um, I'll do some podcasts, I'll try and get in the sun and, and that's about it. People who are mentally insane like myself, there's still a few of us who do literally every tournament of the year out of choice. It's a choice. It's just because we just love it. So, um, we don't really do a lot when we're not working and we, we play games star ladder. I'm here at WSG right now and, um, they've hooked me up with a PC in my room. So I've actually been gaming every night after the broadcast. So there's more games. I know that seems sad, but that's, uh, that's life. You, You have to wake up pretty early though, don't you? Uh, that's uh, that's Halvor and uh, Tom Biz. They got to get up early, whereas oh, me and Stunner, we get the okay. midday shift. So it's uh, it's <laughs> not good. too bad. Yeah, it's, good, it's, it's okay. But unless we have any final topics that you guys want to bring up, or any last poignant questions coming in from the chat, we're going to shut this bad boy down. I'm going to uh, count to ten in my head, give chat the time to uh, catch on up, and we'll see what happens. Um, Nothing's happening. Nothing's happening. Uh, what did I want to touch on? Yeah. For Blast, we're not going to preview Blast because we're going to have another show before Blast. And on that show, we're going to be doing something new with, uh, with a new feature, new thing going to be revealed on HLTV. And I know a lot of people are going to like it. Yep. Uh, You're going to love for it. it. For a, you're going to love it. You've been asking for it for a long time. And uh, it's going to be fun. So that's probably something we're going to be having as a more... Uh, what do you say? Like every time when you have it, every time as a small feature of the of the show. It'll be a recurring segment. That. Yes, that's the word. And what uh, do you think about? Hmm? What do you think about shocks at Blast Pro shocks? We're uh, just doing uh, we're doing anime crossovers at the moment. Alex went and did some some League some of Legends. Legends shocks yeah. is coming that's to what, do some Counter Strike. One so. thing, I can, on one hand, like when I think about it. As a human being, I understand why these things are happening. But on like the idealistic side of me is like, why are we having the best CSGO host go and do League of Legends and then the I don't know if she's the best League of Legends host, but one of them certainly coming over to do CS. Like in an ideal world, everyone would just do their own thing and be better at that one thing instead of moving to different titles be forced to learn all the all the players all the whatever all the whole game and do the, the job that way yeah but I, I so from but then you say the other side of the yeah of, of the coin well i wasn't gonna give i was just gonna say I, I i can i can see that but i think the host role is the most versatile role right 
And if you have someone new come in, uh, they'll have a new repertoire of questions or a different view on things, which may yeah. get different a uh, different flow. Um, with uh, League of Legends, for all of you playing at home, I don't know how 100% correct this is, but a lot of their stuff is scripted. Uh, what we do in the Counter-Strike world is uh, is ad-lib. We just fucking get up there. We don't know what we're going to talk about. We just fucking start talking. So um, I, I think that it would be cool to have someone new asking me questions. It, Machine's going to be actually casting at that event as well, um, which is which is cool. I know everybody likes to hear his, his commentary. But... Uh, I, it's going to be it's exciting you know that's that's about it i i'm in a in a position where i get to to take part in all this fun stuff so i'm looking forward to to another another event i mean i'm definitely curious as to how she's going to do because i like i've never seen her outside of league of legends i did follow the league of legends for quite a while so i know her fairly well and then how skillful she is in the role because she is very good at at the job it's just like obviously we don't know how how her csgo knowledge is and that's that's always a problem with like new people coming in and CSGO and how they're going to be accepted from that point on. So I feel like Blast Sao Paulo is going to be a pretty, um, it's going to be a, I'm not, I'm not going to say a tough premiere, but it's just going to be a premiere for her that's probably going to um, tell a lot of the community how she's going to do in CSGO generally. At the same time, it's not like you're going to be watching that many analyst desks at Blast because they have three matches going on at the yeah, same time. Yeah, fairly, fairly So quick. they have like very small windows where they actually are at the desk. Not gonna be like the toughest role. I feel like it's probably the best way. Imagine doing something like a WSG or something where you have massive delays and you have to fill for an hour. That that's that's a tough way to start off as a host in in CS. This I think will be kind of okay, and I think it, she'll be well accepted because just just based on the Reddit Reddit threads so far and all of that. I haven't There's actually seen a... how much like people are like excited for. Uh, for that, because I, I mean, I just haven't seen any any of those threads. It was front page yesterday, I think. Yeah, yeah. Um, I didn't read through it, so I don't know. Yeah, I've just uh, been staying interesting, away from the interesting, socials. Interesting bit of news is, even though it's not like that big, that Barbar is retiring from competitive play. I feel like just because he's kind of a long-standing member of the CS scene, played in 1.6, played in CS:GO, and in CS:GO we had this kind of interesting role as someone that played with all these young kids that are now not on the top of the Swedish scene for some reason, probably because of themselves, but at least they're, they're there. Rez, Draken, Freddy B, Disco Doplin all played with him in that Epsilon team. And uh, then he played in Existent Galaxy with the new, new guys, Nock, Plopsky, Zinken. So he went through all of them. He is now saying he's not good enough to play individually anymore but he's open to coaching and open to being a manager and stuff like that so do we think that he has a spot somewhere in some some team i think it's hard with swedish i know that he's played with the international rosters and stuff but i think it's hard in the swedish scene at the moment um and i think coaching is is a difficult position as well for a lot of people because you need you need someone to vouch for you to take a chance that's kind of how this thing works at the moment there's no there's no way to know if you're a good coach until you do it. And to be picked up by a team, that's usually going to come from like scouting of the of the players or somebody who you know trusts you and has uh, been in-game led by you in the past. So unfortunately, because he hasn't had an opportunity to play with, in the upper echelons, uh, if he is to get a role like that, it will be with a team that may or may not be that, that skilled, meaning it, it's even harder to make a dent. Um, so 
it's a problem and and i guess this is the the ugly side of of esports in a way you know not everybody makes it you know there's a lot of people who want to give it a crack and he gave it a really good shot and uh never really had any breaks go his way so it's uh, it's an unfortunate time for baba just kind of question on on twitch overtime 10k versus 16k my solution is neither and just have like per round money basically that you have like uh, a cap of like 6k per player or whatever that you can't buy like multiple ops and have like all the all the utility I, you want because i mean you can if you survive then you still have enough to buy an op and drop no but i mean i'm just saying like you basically like get reset every round yeah, right? yeah you just get reset uh, oh completely it's not like you gain any money or, or lose any money you just like have a set amount of money for every round but then basically. you have to lose your equipment or what but the, yeah, because if you, you survive at five players time. if you survive at five players then you can just buy extra ops because you have 6k well again. no but that's what i'm saying like maybe maybe they will just like reset completely it was just like no no guns no utility nothing you just lose everything after every round because like my my thinking on roads over time is like and this is um, well basically we've already seen all the economy wars and everything like that and that hasn't worked to just determine the the result of the game right that hasn't been enough basically so you have to go into something different so I feel like economy should not play a factor in that anymore in overtimes. I just I'm see people play it out with with like guns and not see ecos in, in overtimes. That's the biggest problem. Like I feel I, like I those ten k situations. Think... Are you gonna finish or not? Stop taking these pauses. <laughs> well, it's just you come in before I like make up my mind. But it's just these ten k situations where the like the third you lose two rounds in a row and the third round you basically are eco or like you have pistols. It's just that's something I don't want to see. Now we're time as shit. I think we sh like ecos are bad, but I still want people to be forced to save or play as a normal round. It's not someone is in a one v four is gonna go in and yolo and because he has nothing to lose, then the the whole. The meta of overtime is different than the meta of the of the real game, and it it will probably make some people. There will be some awkward situations when you're in your mind, it's like, okay, this guy has nothing to do here. He's gonna go save, but then he is not saving. He's going for the round because he has nothing to lose in overtime, and then two rounds before that, he would have something to to lose, and then he would save. I so think, that's kind of my thinking. I think what we could do is look to adjust the either the loss bonus. Yeah. Uh, or adjust the start money um, to like twelve thousand and something. So like it works out mathematically that if you invest in like M4 armor, diffuse kit, Molotov, and full nades, that you'd be able to do that three rounds in a row. But if you want to be the player who goes for the AWP, then you have to make a few more sacrifices. There's probably a way to balance that out. Um, but yeah, there's there's a lot of ways that we can definitely delve into that. Some math wizard out there could probably work it out. I think that the ten k and sixteen k aren't. The, the spot on it, neither you, of them are good i think even if you leave 10k and just boost the first like the loss bonus because the only real issue is if you're on the ct side if it's mr6 and you lose the first two rounds then the third round you have nothing so if you just boost the the losing bonus just like now when you lose the pistol you don't get 1400 you get 1800 so Nine. if instead of one what 1.9 oh, no, it's the actually the stream someone's talking on the stream so i thought someone said something no so, I, yeah, said, just I, did say, that. I did say 1.9 oh, ah, 1. 1. okay yeah so if you just boost that to like 2.5 or something so if you lose two in the row then you'll have enough to buy in the last round that's 
that's kind of okay. Yeah, we yeah. can. We I can mean, just them. generally, we the the main problem is like we want to get rid of ecos and overtimes, and we want to get rid of like ridiculous three op three op uh, setups that don't punish anyone in the sixteen k scenario, right? So that's the, that's basically what we're looking at as the ideal option. This phase game right here could be a good example, right? If, uh, if you guys are still watching that phase right now in overtime on the CT side, uh, they lose this round. Uh, obviously, this is bad because they, they didn't win that first half of overtime. But basically, if they lose the first gun round uh, and then, you know, they lose three players on the second gun round come the third, even if they win the second, they're still not going to be able to get a full buy going. So there are a couple of problems with it. But regardless, it's 10 o'clock. Actually, it's 11 o'clock. Look, no, the time's correct on this PC. Never mind. It's 10 o'clock. It's time for everybody to go drink a nice hot tea, sit down in bed, watch the Counter-Strike, have a rest, and tune in next Monday, I believe Lucas said. Uh, we'll be kicking off the, 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 the episode 11, and we'll have some new elements in the show for everybody. And also, there's an anchor.fm link to the podcast. Striker, what is it? Uh, it's just anchor.fm slash HLTV. That's it. Head over there, check them out, download them. You can listen to them on Spotify, Google Podcasts, iTunes, fucking anything that you can think of. The link's there, thanks to Lucas. Head over, get them in ya, have a good time, and we'll see you in episode 11.